Hello everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sherrod, and this is episode 17. In this episode, I will be interviewing Brake Bernard, owner of Grindhouse Gym in California. This is another great episode. Blake is a high school English teacher for the ninth grade by day and runs his own gym by night. Another conjugate guy, so, you know, we loved it. This one was about two hours and 30 minutes, so we got a lot covered. I hope you enjoy, and let's get clean. I think Can you hear me now? Man. Yep, there we go. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the hell it is, but sometimes the thing just be acting up. I don't know why I got yeah, restarted. Okay. I didn't use it today, so but I don't know. <laughs> no worries, man. Well, when you figure it out, let me know because I, I think I'm going to use Anchor here coming up soon too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know they say it's the easiest way to make a podcast, so I'm gonna give it give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's easy besides <clears throat> stuff like this. Like sometimes if if the podcast goes over two hours, either it automatically shuts off. Or it does this where then all of a sudden I can't hear the person and then I got to like restart it. And it's just like, it's those little things where it doesn't make it smooth. And I'm like, Ugh. I guess that's why people pay sometimes with the the, uh, the Apple podcast. But this yeah. one is cool too, though, because like, I guess once it gets big enough, I think then you can get access where it'll put it on Apple podcast for them free. I just don't know what the, the amount of listeners you have to be having her pod that's pretty cool to do it you know because like right now it does like at first it was just anchor then it then it was doing spotify and google for me and like three other ones but those ones i don't remember but right you know the apple's the big one so God, i gotta yeah, get more sick. people listening and i think spotify's a big one i don't listen to apple anything man you don't no i, I listen to no. I, I i think it's just because i pay for apple music now and not spotify so i don't even know uh, but i'm assuming most of the ones i listen to on there probably if they're on Apple Music, <clears throat> probably on the Spotify too, I guess. Um, I understand. I understand. Is the format good on Spotify? I mean, I love listening to. Yeah, uh, I think the UI is better, in my opinion. And then, oh, okay. uh, you know, that's where I listen to all my music. So I guess it's just different strokes for different folks. Right. But, I just did Apple Music because it was like, oh, we have the same stuff for ten ninety nine rather than fourteen. So I was like. Oh, right. I guess I'm switching over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on that college student discount, man. I've been using my friend's college IDs for years. I got to go do that because that's a smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Shiesty, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Coach, tell us who you are and what you do for a living. Sure. Um, so, yeah, Blake Bernard, man, I um, – uh, I am currently a high school English teacher. I teach freshman English at Highland High School in Bakersfield, California. Mm -hmm. And I also own a um, private strength and conditioning facility kind of on the opposite side of town called Grindhouse Strength and Conditioning. Uh, We deal mostly with um, high school and college. Our our, our, uh, younger demographic is growing as well, though. Um, We also have a fitness division. We have in total about 120 athletes, and our goal is just to make some of the freakiest human beings um, walk around California, you know? <laughs> so we um, we prize strength yeah. over everything else, understanding that it's, uh, you know, one of the best markers for overall health. So the same right. things that are going to benefit my athletes are going to benefit um, the general population we deal with as well. 
Yeah, and, I, feel, um, I feel the same with that. I think a lot of yeah. times training older people, people want to do balance or whatever. I'm just like, yeah, all you got to do is get them strong. And guess what? Their hips and those knees are going to feel better. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, what we've found is, you know, the, the older clients, they um, come in with a little bit more baggage just because mm. they have more years of, I guess, experience on the world, right? right. But um, so they have a little bit more to work through. But as soon as they're ready for a barbell, man, we don't shy away from it. You know, we max effort, dynamic effort, all the all the methods that we use with athletes, they can be used with those people too. Just they just have to be modified just right. a little bit. We can do max effort with kettlebells. We can do max effort with body weight. You know, right. depending on the level of the athlete. Um, what uh, what sports did you play growing up? Man, I uh, now that I'm a strength coach, I'm almost like it's. I think it's disgraceful to say this, but I specialized in football early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, man, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it at the time. My my family was all into football all the time. My dad was a college coach and all that. And, and um, it wasn't until I got to college that I realized that all the best athletes I played with, uh, they they wrestled, they played basketball, they did baseball, right. they did all yeah. these other sports that I had no interest in. Mm. But they were the freakiest ones, you know, because they yeah, had a broad base of fitness. Yeah, yeah, I did basketball all the time. Basically, since I was, once I got like to 12 years old, I was like, that's all I did. But you see other yeah. players, like if they were in the offseason, they were doing other stuff. And then, yeah, you read some books, listen to Louie, and he's like, multi sport, multi sport, multi sport. Yeah. And I preach that to my kids now, too. You know, I mean, they're like, it, it, when they come in for their evalu- their preliminary evaluation, I'm like, first question I ask is, what do you play? And they're like, oh, I've only ever played football. And I kind of give them this cross-eyed look, and I say, why? They're like, well, I, I mean, I, I want to go to college for just football. And I'm like, okay, well, Urban Meyer came out, I think, like a year or two years ago. He, he did, you know, and there's like a famous quote, he, he, him telling his recruiters, only find me the two and three sport athletes. You know? Right. And so that's kind of what I use my reference point of reference now. So I'm not that kooky old strength coach, you know, yeah. but yeah, it just, it just gives them more abilities down the road. You know, yeah. I heard the that best ones I ever played with. Yeah. 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 The best ones I ever played with, man, they, they were also good basketball players or wrestlers. Right. Um, I think that's part of that lateral quickness, moving in different planes, motion, you know, right. and uh, they can just do more. I mean that wrestling's got to make that GPP like crazier or higher because now you're getting put in these all these awkward ass positions and yeah. to be strong in those positions. Yeah. Then you go to football, it's like, oh, there you go. That's a good carryover. <laughs> it, exactly, man. I mean, so many positions in football are such like you know they demand linear speed, but man, I mean, the guys get hurt when they have to do something weird, right? Out of the norm, you know, those kids yeah. are bending around doing weird crap, throwing people on the mat, and uh, they're super resilient because of it. Um, when did you know you wanted to be a coach? Oh, God. I didn't, honestly. Um, so I was a communications major in, in, in college, and mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, I always loved weightlifting. Uh, I always loved uh, – I was – my dad raised – I started at the gym with my dad when I was, like, seventh grade or something like that, and he started me on, like, bodybuilding stuff and working out with some other um, – uh, you know, junior high kids that he, he knew their dads and, and we worked out at the public gym. I didn't know it at the time, but everything we were doing was out of like, you know, bodybuilding magazine, you know what I mean? Right, Flex yeah. magazine, whatever. And, uh, 
And so that was my base. That was all I knew. Uh, senior year of high school, I was like 300 pounds. I was playing three technique defensive tackle. I bulked up to get to that because oh, wow. that's what I was good at. And so I was just like, you know, I better build a body that looks the part, you know. And so right. got up to that weight. I was quick, but I didn't like the way I felt. Got to college and um, kind of uh, – I, I slimmed down quite a bit. I, um, I I didn't like the way my back felt weighing that much, you know. <laughs> I dropped about 50 pounds immediately, um, and, uh, and folks started getting faster. And I was running about a 4'8 uh, at mm-hmm. – uh, 260 pounds Mm -hmm. and so I was playing defensive end and then when I when I transferred from that junior college I ended up going to Henderson State University and that's where I finished my playing career but they wanted me to play outside linebacker so I dropped weight again down about 240 was running about a 4.6 flat and uh and this whole time you know I was basically I I was blessed with a wonderful strength conditioning coach at home um in my hometown and he kind of guided me through all of this and 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 uh you know, I wasn't, I don't think I was born with incredible gifts by any stretch of the imagination, but with his guidance, you know, I was able to do some really cool things. And, um, um, we, uh, he kind of inspired me. I saw like the, the, uh, the attitude he had with the kids and I saw the, the, the place, the pedestal that he was given in their lives and the relationships he was able to build with young people. And obviously how he impacted my life, my playing career giving me a second chance when I didn't get it done myself after not making grades in high school and losing every scholarship I had when I had to, you know, reboot and do it all over again, he gave me an opportunity to change my body and he helped me do that. And I wouldn't have gotten a second chance without him. So, you know, it obviously always felt like a cool thing to do. Um, but I thought I had to have an exercise science degree to be a strength coach. So I kind of back burner. Yeah. Um, the more you read, you and, realize you do not at all. so that's a big part of my story man because it's like you know i get asked it all the time by the kids like what do i need to do to do what you're doing i said man you just need to read that's it you know and and so like um i was 25 at the time so so a couple years out of college just kind of starting to figure out what i wanted to do well i had gone through i thought i wanted to be a fireman I had a communications degree and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, like you can be a career jock, get paid to work out and save, save kittens out of trees. Right. Right. Not really, but, but (laughs) it's a, it's a a highly demanding job and and what those guys are incredible for what they do. I went through the whole preliminary Academy, did two years of schooling for it, the whole nine yards. And my wife and I had our first child when I was like 25 and uh, changed my outlook on firefighting. Right. Like, I mean, in an instant, I was like, dude, at least where I live, they work a ton of overtime. They're never home. And I go, you know. And it can be dangerous, you know. It, oh, it can be dangerous, but that wasn't really a concern of mine. I was just I just wanna be a I just want to be a dad, you know. Right. And, and and you know, be home. And so I started looking at other things and that was when my wife told me to pursue teaching. And wow. uh so I did, started substitute teaching and fell in love with it. I think if you fall in love with subbing, you know kids treating you like crap i think they're probably meant to be a teacher <laughs> right i'm one of the crazy ones and uh so i did that and then my wife you know ended up not going back to teaching we were like hey how can we make this work where she just gets to stay home and i was like well what what am i good at i'm like well i'm good at football that's really <laughs> helping the situation and and uh, I guess I'm an okay teacher. So I, I don't know, man. I, and and I've, I've always, you know, 
going back to the bodybuilding background, I've always been that guy that your friend circles are always asking, like, hey, right, 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 right. Biceps? hey, what do I need to do to get a bigger chest? And so I was like, well, you know, I could leverage that and kind of help people transform their bodies. Maybe I'll start being a fitness coach mm. or something. So I started coaching people out of the, out of my garage. Mm. And uh, I ended up over the next year pumping about like 25 grand into that thing. And it, it outgrew itself. So kind of by backwards, like, man, Grindhouse was started last March. So I was just going mean, to ask how did you open your own for... gym, but I guess that's how you did it right there. Shoot, dude. Only about 18 wow. months, dude. And uh, the, first, <clears throat> the first 11 of which, so first year, we didn't even have any athletes. Oh, wow. And so six, yeah, so, uh, six months ago, we maybe had like five athletes. Now we have 60, 65. So that's why you have getting and, more people um, on your staff, I see. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, remember the, the ultimate goal was to be a dad mm. and to be home more. And I was just like, well, if I'm, if I'm teaching and I'm coaching, your whole I day. need to try to make yeah, well, it is, and 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 I didn't want this this equipment gathering dust when I'm teaching, you know. Right. And so, um, thankfully, I'm well connected, and 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 uh, JP, my assistant coach, I pulled him from another awesome facility in town, and um, and you know, get to kind of make him homegrown in a sense. Um, mm. He came in with with experience as a fitness coach, but I'm making him a performance coach, you know, and. And he's held up his end of the bargain, man. He's he's reading. He's uh he's he's constantly you know hungering for more knowledge and, and how to best serve his clients and athletes. And and uh, we make a great team, you know. But you know, when I was hiring people, I was just like, dude, Slim Pickens, where I'm from, you know, a lot of uh, we're like in this pocket of Central California. Oh yeah. Hours from everything else. Two hours from LA. Two hours. Wow from fresno two hours from the coast and so it's it's an agricultural town there's not a whole lot of talent in the coaching field and so i, I just wanted to find the best person i could you know and then focus on the on the methods and and uh, you know the the nerdy stuff after and uh and so i found you know a person who really loves people and 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 uh and excellent at building relationships with others and and he's trustworthy and you know Everything else will come. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just has excellence that we have wanting to develop awesome human beings before awesome, awesome athletes. Um, what type of training program do you have your clients on? Oh, man. Everyone's yeah, there you. we go. <laughs> yeah, but I got to have man. people say it on every pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, you know, I don't have anything against. Nah, you could say it. I'm not one of those <laughs> coaches. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Hey, people don't yeah, know what they true. don't know. You know? But you and know so, there's some people that are, like, refusing uh, to give up on the linear periodization. Which, to me, well, annoys because they, the kids. I, it's, for me, it's, it's about the kids not getting the results they could. That's all. That's the only reason I, I get that. am annoyed by it. No, I, I, I'm totally with, but a lot of those people haven't yeah. tried it. You know, they're too, you know, but they're a product of yeah. the environment too. If that's all they know, if that's all they ever read about, if that's what their coach before them taught them, then, you know, I, it's, it, I take that Abraham Lincoln stance, like, uh, you know, given the same circumstances, I don't know I would have done anything. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? I was blessed to have a, 
best friend in high school that was like a CrossFit coach. And he, as, as Louie started coaching his CrossFit conjugate classes or whatever was going on, CrossFit powerlifting. Oh, wow. Okay. Him and Laura Phelps and Nate, uh, not Nate Harvey. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, his, his crew, they were traveling the nation, kind of teaching conjugate to, right. the, to the masses. My best friend got on that train and he goes, man, have you seen what this Louie guy's doing with chains and bands and, and getting this guy's spot 1,100 pounds? I'm like, and I, you know, looked him up. I would have never heard about him otherwise. <laughs> and so years later, when I'm starting my coaching journey, I was like, first book I got to grab, West Side Book of Methods, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's kind of what. Yeah, I, I got introduced to powerlifting when I was still, this was like before I had went up to my second school for basketball. And it was one of my friends who just like, why don't you try powerlifting? Because all I knew was bodybuilding for my parents because that's what they both did. And like, all of a sudden I could like grab the rim off the vertical from just doing sumo mm-hmm. deadlift. And then <laughs> he like told me about West Side Barbell. And then I started reading everything. And I'm like, yo, this dude's crazy, but he's so good. And then he was like, <laughs> yeah. what? Well, well, we were doing like block periodization sort of with a little bit of a little bit of conjugate because because of who his coach was like he I would just do the workouts that he would do and I was like why don't you do West Side and he was like that's just too much writing and math <laughs> and I was like but yeah. wait but they get all these results so then when yeah. I went up to school I started dabbling in it because of course I played D2 so we had an athletic trainer as the yeah. strength and conditioning coach and from the little I knew I knew enough to be like I'm not doing those workouts but it yes, was like yes. post college is when I really started to like see like oh, this how it should be. This you know. Then I started reading and then I got certified and everything. And it's just like, man, when you just see it's like yo, all right, this ain't really working that good. Let me look at people that get big results. And it's simple well, as that. Like, and I think also maybe a lot of coaches because they don't train themselves, they yes. don't can't see like okay, I'm getting a plateau. Let me look at outside aggressive means to like break that plateau and right. you go to conjugate you will quickly see what you've been missing and then it's like okay i gotta put this on my kids i don't care who my mentor was or what i used to be doing forget that this work like it's and with like instagram and social media you know like you see all these people like jared and bird and it's like yo i don't know many people that are taking kids all the time that cannot jump over a broomstick and now they jump 40 inches like i know <laughs> i know well it I don't really know. I mean, I, I like to believe I have a lot of common sense. So that right. training facility I said I trained at, you know, through high school and college, right. they, they ran all block stuff, but I was always pissed off with, you know, again, coming from a bodybuilding background and it, it, and this has come from super meathead, right? But mm-hmm. I was like, man, going into my season every year, I don't look the best as I did on that hypertrophy block. <laughs> right, 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 and I was right. Like, and I and I'm never in as good of condition as I was at the at that first phase of the off season. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, why can't I do that year round? I was just right. always so frustrated year after year, and and I was like, well, then I as I, I moved back to school, I I, uh, I get off my power block, you know, last last week of the off season, I, and <laughs> right. I, and dude, by my senior high, uh, college, I was like, I basically had it down to a science. I didn't know the science at the time. I was like, man, six weeks after that. I don't have any of the strength I had when I, when I left right. my facility, you know? Right. And so I, I, I don't know how I had the awareness to recognize that, but it was enough to frustrate me and enough to make me look for other, you know, a solution, you know what I mean? Right. And thank God for Louie, you know, just, you know, um, 
bringing that kind of education to to the masses and, be, and giving it so freely you know what i mean right. he's an educator you know people say what, what they want about louis um everyone's got their own opinions on the guy and a lot of them aren't very kind but i don't know anybody that puts out edu- educational content um more freely and willingly than that guy does <laughs> it's he either really free cares about or it's the really future cheap. of the sport <laughs> dude oh my gosh he, i don't think he I, I don't know this for a fact i don't think just judging by you know i i don't think he'd charge for it um if if given you know if yeah i, I just don't think he would yeah that's just the kind of guy he is yeah. so i mean that's the way everybody should be but i don't know yeah, <laughs> they're not his secrets. At the end of the day, he didn't come up with it, right? But yeah, I mean, like, he, he just wants and to he doesn't know. claim he did, which a lot of people no. do. <laughs> no. Um, what sports do you train at your facility? All of them. All of them. I got archery, yeah, <laughs> dude. I I hope I get an archery. Um, that'd be awesome. Um, it would just give me an excuse to put up some targets and have people shoot bows in my gym. Right, yeah. That's right. Um, no, but we we deal with mostly right now, and it's just by happenstance. We're actually very fall sport dominant. I'm trying to correct because it's not it's not great for you know an annual business, right. but um, but uh, we're very uh, heavy in football players and volleyball players. Right. Um, I, I also still, I also deal with soccer. Um, I've got some baseball. Um, I got some college water polo guys. Um, wow. Water polo. Kind of, kind of all over the place. Yeah. They've been <laughs> fun. They're they're They have a little bit different, uh, you know, demands in their sport for sure. Uh, do but, you, you um, don't have any basketball? <clears throat> you know, I haven't gotten any yet. Um, I wouldn't say that basketball is huge where I'm at. We're very – we have uh, football and baseball or, uh, you know, this is like blue-collar uh, USA or <laughs> as far in, – in California at least. And and, uh, and the other thing is, I, man, the basketball players I've spoken to, they've been discouraged their entire lives to start weight training. Yep. I think yep. all of them, like, think it's going to make them bulky. They're not going to – they don't understand they could – Bulky uh, or short, I, that's – that's you know, I've so grown up in it, and I know the people that don't know anything, and that's what their parents – like, some, it's like the dad – it's funny. They have a magical age when they can lift. 16, that's when my dad will let me lift weights. What the hell? All right. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's – you know, that's it's just not – it's still new in the sport, even though yeah. the top players lift weights. Whether it's good stuff or wrong stuff, but, like – what you're saying, yeah, you're gonna stunt your growth, or you're just gonna get large. Not if you have a good strength coach, you won't get large. Well, you know, <laughs> I see this, you know, and from the outside looking in, again, I didn't play the basketball, yeah, but I see the same issue. With wrestlers, I see the same issue with gymnasts. You know, these sports that don't require a lot of equipment to play, and I'm coming from a football background, right? You can't just go to the park and play tackle football with pads right. and stuff. So, right. but these these sports that are super accessible. If they can just pick it up and play, then that's what they do to get back right. to the sport. Right. You know, and, and I think they also have the wrong people feeding into, you know, they're listening to the wrong people when it comes to training advice because the basketball players I've spoken to, I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I mean, give me three months. I'll add, um, you know, six inches to your vertical and improve your broad by at least a foot, you know, and 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 their their eyes are wide and all that stuff. And they sober up really quick and they say, yeah, but my mom. My, my mom said uh, I can't lift weights till I'm 18. Or you know, my mom, my mom said it'll make my legs short. It's just yeah. it's crazy, man. 
um, which sports do you find are the hardest to program for? Hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a sport, um, but my the the tactical athletes I've had in the past were. Um, I know this isn't the most satisfying answer because not exactly what you asked. Sports well, are easy. I think I think sports are easy. Um, I think that <clears throat> the tactical athletes are harder because they're asked to do so many more things. Right. You know, if if you're dealing with a fireman who, um, you know, they could be uh, windows, freaking, uh, they're they're hiking ladders every day. You know, the firefighters of today are dragging obese people all over, all over town and, and you got to bulletproof so many parts of their body, you know? And so, and, and not to mention, you know, and, uh, they, uh, they have to be strong as well. You know, I, I think they're kind of tough, all my tactical people, but, uh, but I, I mean, we, we do the best we can, I guess, I guess it's just tough from a coach's standpoint, you know, you can't put all your eggs even a little bit in one basket, you know right. what I mean? Right. So you have to make them very just be good with knowing that they're not going to excel at any one thing and they shouldn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what equipment do you have in your gym? We, we're, we're pretty basic right now, man. Um, we have five racks. Hmm. Um, I, I went the route of buying all the specialty bars up front. Smart. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have all the multi-grips, the, the SSBs, the camber bars, all that stuff. Enough for the variations right. we want to use. And I really don't have any machines except for, you know, a reverse hyper and, uh, and a GHD. And I'm doubling both those up this month simply because, you know, we got groups of 15 to 25 athletes in there at a time. Dude, the reverse hyper gets perfect when everyone's going to hit that on lower. Right, right, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so the priorities you know were not that being said you know i'm uh you know talking to talking to brandon bird he's like you know the, the eight if i could do it all over again but would have saved all my money yeah, the ATP. ATP i first, mean you can you do know? everything in it so yeah you get you need that that's right i find that's it's right. a, the number one way for that so, conditioning but, too yeah, so if we would have done that, I probably could have stayed in the garage, <laughs> bought two ATPs right. and called it good. <laughs> just, just, just line them up outside the garage, you know. I mean, you can max out <laughs> on that. Take turns thing. on it. <laughs> but uh, that's right. Yeah. So I'll have um, by the end of the year, I'm gonna have two ATPs and inverse. Oh curl. yeah, that inverse curl. Kind of first. I think it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm. Uh, <laughs> well, if if for no other reason, I know I need it. You know. <laughs> so I know my I know my kid will probably benefit from it. But yeah, I'm excited about that stuff. Today, you know, we just got the dumbbells. Um, you know, no one told me when I opened the gym how expensive weight would be. So that's all. Oh my god! Yeah, yo, it's, especially right now. Like, I feel like people are upselling stuff because it's such in high demand. But 145 plates, brutal. 90 damn pounds. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> it's brutal, man. So, but yeah, we're just doing the best we can. And, uh, you know, we. I, I made the decision up front to not not going to debt over the gym you know i before i knew it turn into what it is now i always thought it'd be supplemental to teaching you know and mm -hmm. and so I, I was just like well I'm gonna shipwreck my family over a, you know over this dream because i don't know where it's gonna take me yet 
and so we've we've been blessed enough to pay cash for everything and we don't know anything and so it's just right. it's building a little bit slower than you know <clears throat> probably other facilities and uh wouldn't have any other way man what are some uh differences in training from off season to in season volume 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 um we still do a lot of the same things um you know and i i i i i keep my intensity up that doesn't mean that you know we're not doing um one RM back squats in, in season, but we might do single leg to keep the vault or the, the load pretty right. low. Um, you know, by the time that, you know, uh, or the ATP, by the time that sports are back in session in California, at least. So the plan is, you know, uh, less spinal uh, compression, have them more loading. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to be complimentary to what right. they're doing on the field. All, everything we do is super general, you know, and I take that super seriously. I think it's, it's uh, it's pure hubris on the behalf of the coach to think that, you know, weight training should be the most important thing in these kids' lives. Right. They need to perform on the, on the football field. On the soccer. Right. And so we should compliment whatever they're doing out there. And if they're, you know, high school coaches, man, they're, you know they're going to hammer their bodies. Yeah, uh, they're already going to, like, I'm going to keep that low. expectations for what they do yeah. with us. Um, now, like you right. said, like. But, but we'll oh, still sorry. hit heavy stuff and we'll still hit dynamic effort. Right. Oh, my. my yeah, we'll still hit, you know, um, max effort and dynamic effort, but we understand, you know, the residual effects of that kind of training. You know, we want to – when they get into the season. So, a lot of the time, you know, we'll um, – you know, if, they're, if, the, if, the, if the lasting effects from that max effort day are going to be with them for four weeks, you know, we know that we only have to hit it maybe – I mean, twice would be a lot in those four weeks. We could hit it once every four weeks, and they'd still get that benefit. You know what I mean? And the way I like to do it is I keep them on dynamic effort. Right. I prioritize that yeah. in, in season. So if my kids go from training six days a week with me to two days a week, um, speed work, um, usually the same percentages. We might, we might just dive sets down a little bit. So instead of 10 sets of two on uh, box squats, mm -hmm. we might hit six sets of two. Um, they're still getting that stimulus. And then every, you know, maybe every three weeks, mm -hmm. please, We'll let them after that if they're feeling good, you know. But I just um, know how my kids feel. You know, I I, I got you, kids breaking you, PRs in season now, two. So. I, like you said, I'll lower it to six at the two. I'm guessing instead of twelve or ten doubles. But have you switched or rotated in the fives to five yet, or do you only reserve that for the kids that can really keep that speed the same for five reps? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I got all the right here. <laughs> Wait, Coach, you're breaking up. You're breaking up a little bit. I hear the little one, but I don't really hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Hello, can you hear me? You're good. Hey, I'm sorry about that, man. Um, yeah, like, and do you reserve that for only the kids that can maintain that speed for the for five reps? Or yes, yes, you say yeah. Yeah, so I've got. Yeah, absolutely. So my most explosive athletes are the thin ones. Right, yeah. You know, and, and coincidentally, I haven't really had, you know, I think it serves two different purposes. A, it's going to it's gonna do a better job of putting a little bit more muscle right. on them than, um, you know, the, the twos right. and threes. Um, but it's also, you know, if the kid can handle it, you know, if they, you know, I got some kids that are doing dynamic effort work. And if it weren't for that, those bands or chains, 
that bar would come off their back every set. Like, right. I mean, and you know, just crunch them. And because they're, they're just, they're almost, I actually have one or two kids. I literally have to tell them to stay on their heels, stay on their feet because they're, they're trying to jump with that weight yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. And so it, um, the accommodating resistance is just keeping, keeping them grounded kind of. And, mm-hmm. and so those kids, you know, I'm like, well, holy crap, that, those two reps are like almost too easy for them. Let's mm-hmm. shoot them up to five and also try to pack some muscle on. So I don't really, I haven't dealt with a kid, you know, that was, um, that also didn't need to put on some extra, you know, muscle mass. And so, um, it kind of serves two purposes with the kids that we get at least. Right. Now, um, oh, and it was about the max effort. When Now, in season, you said, you know, it'll have residual effects for maybe three to four weeks and how you rotate single leg, like maybe you'll do more single leg max effort to keep the load or low light. But will you, let's say every once a month, will you go back to like a more intense max effort where you do a back squat just to do it? Like, let's say the kid's feeling good. They don't have a game till that Sunday or something. And you're like, well, let's get, let's test that a front squat, a back squat, a zercher, whatever, safety bar. Will you do that or will you kind of just eliminate that completely during the season just try to do more ones that are a little less uh, intense on the body? Yeah, good question. Yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I go total, totally, you know, uh, unilateral in season or anything like right, that. Right, right. Um, but I do stay away from – let me let me change that answer a little bit. I, I, I focus more away from movements that I know they can load up to eternity. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? Okay, so, okay. so like I would never have them trap bar deadlift in season because I got kids putting, you know, 600 pounds on there. Right, right. <laughs> They're just way over. Like I got 20 more, much. coach. I got tw- like, exactly. all right, all right, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I would say, you know, gosh, I, would, I don't even have any data to represent this. If it just off of my head, I would say, um, we're probably sitting at like a 60, 40, 70 on uh, bilateral to unilateral movements. And it's really just, I just don't want them to go crazy because you can't trust high school kids to right. be, to know how this is going to affect them for game day this week. Right. You know what I mean? And, and uh, central nervous system, what we do a lot more of is isometrics. Right. So I don't want them to, completely destroy their muscles you know if if we can just do uh pin pulls you know or um uh load that thing up and just have them sit in there for five seconds at a time you know what i mean um those yielding isometrics or not yielding excuse me just just the regular isometric work is not muscles but it's going to prime their brains to just play you know out of their minds come friday nights or whatever it is so, I don't know, man. I just – I also want to limit the range of motion as well, right. kind of going to that ice with you. So, they'll pull off blocks. They'll pull off pins. They'll um, – Do you like do heavy will, rack uh, pulls? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do, I do, I do. Um, especially with, like, my sprinters. Um, my more – I mean, every athlete is glute dominant. But I would say, like, the, the athletes that need a little bit more development in that area than, than some others, um, you know, they're doing that stuff year-round. And, How um, high is their rack pulls usually? Uh, I stick to knee height. I haven't really yeah. played around with that much, but especially in, if we're talking in season, I don't want them going below the knee. Um, dance a little bit. They're not, not conventional and wide. 
they're like, you know, nice little comfortable, almost like a two for <laughs> stance, you know? Um, but again, I'm just looking for that, uh, uh, glute low back engagement. They still get so pull it, a lot you're of weight, saying in you know? between conventional and sumo, you're saying a, the stance? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's something I got from, right. Yeah. That's something yeah. I got from bird. I, I couldn't <laughs> even tell you. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, um, you know, my kids are good at sumo, so they don't need to be in that stance right. time. I feel like it's um, too easy in the rack you know, I, I, when you do it completely sumo, or is that just me? Well, it is. It totally is. It's just lowering your, your, your center right. of gravity, right? So you're not really pulling that yeah. full length. And so, but then conventional, if I tell them to, if I tell them to pin pull conventional, they'll do it all, yeah, the all low back. back yeah. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like the either. same too. I like, so when I'm auto, pro- like, I just go into that position and I'm like, Fuck it, I could get the weight up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't know. I program around what I know a high school kid does, right. and that's where I think that you know teaching really helps me because I understand the mind of a high schooler, and I don't trust them with jack squat. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> They're just they don't know. Man. Um, do you think you'll ever stop teaching and go full time as a strength coach? Oh man. Probably a dollar for every person that's asked me that in the last <laughs> six months. Uh, oh, because that means your gym's doing I, well. <laughs> you, you know what? Glory be to God, man. It is. It's not. I, I, I wouldn't even say so much of it has been. <clears throat> man. It's so much of it I, I can't even take credit for. It's just weird happenstance and just, just random strokes of, of, um, of, of favor, man. I. We're, we're doing okay. And, um, I would love to, but, uh, it's not, it's kind of too far in the future to think right. about right now. So, um, I think that I would need to give up basically working for the government. Hmm. Teaching is one of the most stable jobs you can have in America. And, and, and that, that stability has allowed me to take a lot of chances and, and a lot of risk that a lot of people, if they have nothing else going on and they're like, Hey, I want to open a gym. I'm sure it's a lot right. more stressful than yeah. my, you know, what I had to deal with because I had that foundation of I had stable income, right. I was still able to put food on family for my table, <laughs> table for my family, and um, you know, build the business in a way that I wanted to right. build it rather than have to do maybe you know I got I had I, I was able to build it my way and so we're still in that building phase and I still enjoy that and. Um, Right now, I don't want to give up the benefits and all that stuff. I'm pulling 12, 14 hour days, but you know, as long as the family's fed, I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, you're grading papers to, after, to make it what I want to make it when you get home from the gym, too, because I know that's <laughs> hell for teachers. It, uh, yeah, especially being an English teacher. Oh my god. Um, well, freshman, that's, that's not too bad, right? The papers aren't too long yet. Yeah, I, I can't get them to write five pages through their lives. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, man, I'm in the but, same uh, boat. You would have hit it again. I'm like, woo. I'm about to double space this. That's, that's right. <laughs> well, school school's still totally online here. Right, we right. Same a, here. Same you know, here. And with really no end in no end in sight. Where are you at, Cleo? I'm in Atlanta now. I, I'm from New York, but I just moved down to Atlanta this past November. So all my kids, I mean, they have the option to do hybrid, but like I think the young kid, like the middle school, it's like almost all online. Um, but like you know, the hybrid crap, it's like they barely in front of the teacher. Usually, like maybe once or twice a week. You know, so right. I wish that was us, man. <clears throat> they it, say that it's really not... now. My teacher friends are like, "This is the hardest it's ever been doing all this virtual." Mm-hmm. 
it's because we're you know not to get off topic but, but yeah. we're our, our job description is completely different now we're not teachers we're uh it techs you know <laughs> we're, we're, we're uh uh troubleshooting software issues and right yeah, you know, yeah. weird stuff and and it's, it's just wild man and i and i joke around we're also the truancy clerk at school as well because we're we got a great engagement we got in grade like okay this kid was ab camera wasn't working man if i was in high school i'd be saying my camera wasn't working every single day man that's what <laughs> that's all my kids do stuff. that's what they all do <laughs> some some people are just saying that like the some kids are taking a picture of themselves and then putting it in front of the camera and then just like playing xbox and i'm like dang dude one of my athletes one of my athletes yesterday told me the best one he said he said um uh, <laughs> his kid, uh, like screenshotted some like error 404 server not found and put that on as his profile picture he goes i'm sorry teacher my camera's not working and he, the guy's like oh you're okay and he's like that's just crazy man they're just playing Fortnite all day yeah <laughs> one of my kids he said the kid just just outright on his has his headset on and just saying like yeah yeah yeah, and just literally just playing Xbox on the thing, and like, like I guess what's the teacher gonna do? I don't, because he has all the twenty some other kids that she has to teach, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. exactly, it's it's tough, man. You know, and I just I just tell all my coach friends and tell I even tell my athletes I say, hey, however, however bad you think it is, you know, I don't I'm not I don't tell you to pity your teach some some of your teachers need pity, <laughs> but. Um, you know, just take it easy on them because they're 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 more stressed out than anybody else in America. I mean, right it, to me, they're, that firefighter so police—it's—they're all underpaid. So, and so much is relied yep. on that people either don't want to admit or don't want to recognize. And especially with education, that is the future of your country and how better you are compared to other countries. And it's just like you ask teachers to do so much in in uh, you know paid, and then the unpaid at home grading and all that other stuff. And you see that, you know, like the schools that now I went to a school where there were teachers that were paid pretty damn good and still didn't care. Right. But, you know, I, what job do you know that you're underpaid and people like, oh, yeah, I love doing the extra work that I don't get paid for. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, it it doesn't make much sense to me. But, you know, the government, you know, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> Is this like. <laughs> don't get me started on the government, man. But <laughs> put my tinfoil hat on. But, uh. You know, it, those same people that complain about our education system are the same ones that say, oh, they shouldn't be getting paid more because they get they get They need four months, four months off, off dealing with your little break, bastard you know? children. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, the deal is, you know, I would contest, and like you probably know, you know, the more you pay teachers, the better right, the cream right, of the right, crop, right, you know, right. wants to become a teacher. But when the standards are so low, you know, basically, at least in California – Man, nine out of the, my teacher friends, like kids that, you know, I went to high school with in my same age group, they're, you know, young teachers like mm-hmm. myself. It was a, it was a, like an afterthought for them. They didn't grow up thinking they wanted right. to be a teacher, became a teacher because whatever their dream was fell through. Mm-hmm. Whatever they went to school for just so happened that those, they didn't, they didn't make it and their units transferred. Right. So if teaching is a second option, is it, is it really such a mystery why we get so many kooks in the classroom? <laughs> right. And now you see all this, all this weird stuff about, you know, um, these scandals and just, you know, all this questionable conduct in the yeah, classroom. Yeah. <laughs> Teachers saying things. I'm like, well, because you didn't hire yeah, professionals. Right. You know, you didn't, you didn't hire people. This was their life's work. All they care about is the kids. 
all they want to do is, is just is, is foster America's youth and, and, and make America right. amazing, you know, and and they wonder why we why we get freaking, I don't know, just just people who don't belong in front of our students yeah. for so so long each day, for so many hours a week, yeah. you know. And that's kind of honestly, that's another thing that's kept me in the classroom because I feel that weight of responsibility. Be one of the few that's really doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, there just aren't enough of them. So, and I don't even know that I, I've got all the answers, but I do know that I love those kids, and they know. Well, it. that's a lot of the job, right? I mean, you know, you know, you figure the rest out. It is, man. You love it. You're gonna put in the energy, just like coaching, to get in better. You know, and then the kids are gonna benefit that's right. from it. That's right. All right. Next question. <laughs> What are some? I'm sorry, no, I'm we're good. I love it. I love it. Um, what are some things you do now different as a coach than when you first started? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that question. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, man, I don't sweat the small stuff anymore. And you being Atlanta, the next guy you got to have on your podcast is Ray Zingler, man. That dude is one of my Zingler's best strength, right? Yeah, he's I, the man. You know, it's dude. funny. I keep forgetting he's he's like. Where he's I train right now, he, yeah, he's like eight minutes maybe from oh. where I am, like literally the gym I train at. So it's like I probably need to just like do the podcast oh, dude, you in person. Have and stuff. You gotta have yeah. him on. Yeah. <clears throat> Ray is man. Well, he's he's one of the guys that, that got me to understand this early on. Uh, and you know, I pump a ton of money into education and mentorship and and all this stuff because. Because I just – I want to learn from other people who have been there. I don't – I know enough to know that I don't know anything, you know. Correct. And Ray yeah. is one of those guys, man, that he just he's, – he's really helped develop my whole view of, of, of strength and conditioning. And that is no one's got it figured out. Correct. At the end of the day, you're dealing with high school kids that would rather be eating hot Cheetos and, and playing <laughs> yeah. Fortnite all day and skipping their classes than you are professionals. So why would you train them like professionals? Now, that's, you know, it's duty to them to give them the absolute best program that I possibly can. But when right. that falls, you know, when well, I should say when they fall short, when, you know, they have adaptation, when things aren't, you know, when the weight room isn't working the way it should. And maybe even when I, you know, I figure out after a long day of coaching, I'm like, man, I should not have put that right there because it con- congested this side of the gym and, 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 and the kids weren't able to finish because they were caught up on this or I had, I didn't right. have enough eyes on this group. So they were lollygagging, man. I used to let that tear me up. Right. And, and it was because I hold myself to such a high standard, right. you know, I was like, well, like, like these kids are paying me a ton of money. Their parents are paying me a ton of money. I have to live up to that, you right. know, and I, and I have of responsibility they're spending that hour that two hours with me every day they've got to be getting return on investment because their their athletic future falls in my you know if they've if they've given me a piece of the pie i gotta make sure it's the sweetest piece you know right and um and or and then you know what i do now is i don't sweat that as much you know i just understanding that the business we're in is chaotic dealing with so many personalities all at once the the weight room is malleable it's ever changed you you got 20 kids maybe 19 are consistent that one kind of rotates in and out and and that one kid is like you know he could be he could be an all-star one day he could be a absolute terror the next it's no different than the classroom so i I just i'm not gonna sweat you know small stuff and it's not living up to my expectation every day. Now, that being said, 
I'm doing everything in my power to make it the absolute place to be in not only California, but America. You know, I, I treat the same, I treat my business the same way I did my athletic career. I'm going to put my heart and soul into that thing and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like, I I just, I just want to be the best. I'm competitive and um, to a fault, you know, but I just don't, you know, as long as I'm doing my part, I'm doing the absolute best I can. I'm not going to sweat about the things I can't control, you know? Right. What, um, what age range do you like to train the most and what age range do you like to train the least and why? Oh man. Dude, that's hard, man. I, <laughs> again, I'm not going to give you a satisfying answer. I enjoy them all. Um, <laughs> I will say I will. So, so I've had some adult athletes, every one of them, man, they just, they have their own. I don't think that any one of them right. is like the best or the worst. Because here's the deal. Like, I can tell you good things about them all. Like my adults, they take ownership, man. Right. Know, they're paying for it out of pocket. They got, they got, right. they got people to feed, you know, they, they're committed. They're, they're completely dialed in my college athletes. You know, they, they, uh, they're where they want to be. Um, they, you know, they're going through this formative stage in their life where they're starting to figure out, you know, society <laughs> and they're starting to figure out, you know, how to live on their own and all that stuff. So they're a little bit more self-sufficient than my high schoolers. My high schoolers are like, this is really cool. I'm doing it because my parents want me to, yeah. you know what I mean? But, but, but they bring the best energy. Those are the kids that, you know, just like they're joking, they're rolling around. My girls are freaking wrestling on the turf. Like it's, <laughs> it's just crazy. And, uh, and then my middle schoolers, they're cool. Cause they're just like, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, everything yeah, yeah. you say, you know, and, and, and they're just like little soldiers. Like they'll, <laughs> they'll go, they'll go drag a sled for 60 minutes a day, five days a week. Right, right. Oh my God. The older kids with the sled, they always, Oh, I gotta do this. Do I have to do it outside? Yes, you gotta do it outside. How long do I right. do it? Oh, oh. <laughs> right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that is one thing. The older they get, the more they know they don't like. <laughs> yeah, you right, know? right. They have their their own opinions on things. They're like, "Why are we doing?" Yeah, good morning? Yeah. You suck at them. That's why you do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that answer that one, man, I honestly enjoy them all. And I feel so, so blessed to work with the kids that I do. There's not a demographic I would not enjoy coaching. Um, what coaches do you continue to get knowledge from? Well, I already talked about a couple of them, man, you know, for the art of coaching, Ray's my guy. Um, uh, I, you know, you talked about like, you know, not needing a certification, right? I don't have a certification. Um, oh really i uh i don't man not a single one um because again going back to the common sense thing i'm like that guy that like overanalyzes things before i purchase them right i'm that guy Mm -hmm. reading every amazon review before i buy something (laughs) and and not only that people their experiences with it and when i first started coaching i was like man I'm looking at these certifications and i was reaching out to random people on instagram i'm talking about like people that i was just like hey that person's doing what i want to do and I want to hear, you know, their experience with such and such. And right. so I was just being that creepy guy on Instagram being like, Hey man, I love your work. Can you tell me a little bit about this? Can you tell me a little bit about this? And I'm still doing that right. to this day. But when it was in regards to certifications, I was like, dude, um, like think about getting this. What do you think? And almost unanimously, they're all like, you know, yeah, you could get that, but you won't use 90% of what you learn. And I'm like, then why would I spend all this money on something that, you're going to fill me with head knowledge, but nothing that's really actionable, hmm. you know? And Well, have you thought about the West Side stuff or do you just like, I don't oh, have... I'm just going to read all the books and then why do I need to pay for it? 
No, yeah, so I have every right. book. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, you know, and I've even, I've even gone one day, I was bored and I went and took the practice test on West Side and passed <laughs> that, you know, and um, I, I, I think if I was going to get one, I'd get that because I do see some Which value. You, did in you do the special our... strengths or the personal training one? Special strength. Yeah, that's the one yeah, I'm getting I, I do ready see, to do next. Yeah, I do see some value, and more importantly than anything, I want to support Westside. Yeah, again yeah. for that educational aspect, they've given me so much for free, right. from articles to cheap books to you know conjugate club. Yeah, that for did, yeah that's right. That that's what I do. Yeah, yeah. Has everything I, uh, on there for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so much of what I've gotten from them, it's been at almost no expense, and so at that point, I'm just like, you know what? They need my. They don't need it. They they deserve it. You know, yeah. I don't know anybody more deserving than <laughs> that. G- in my mind, if I was going to get one, I see a lot of value in shoving money at the people that, you know, have poured. Do you buy their uh, clothes? You know Cause I, mean? I do that too. Um, I love, I yeah, love I wearing that in places yeah. where people I, don't like them. That's my favorite thing to do. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Isn't it funny how polarizing like a symbol like that could be? It's awesome. It's almost like, oh, and, and, you, know, it, you know, what's so good. It's the dog is like, it's so tough looking. And then I have a pit bull too. So I love walking her and then knowing I have my West side shirt on. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. I just, I just like to represent people that, you know, I believe in and, and I think that there's a lot of value in um, supporting them. You know, if I can support them with my dollar, I'll do that. If I can support them with my voice, I'll do that, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I always give credit to where credit's due. That's, you know? yes, I mean, that's I'm an English true. teacher, so I don't, I don't want to plagiarize, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah I'm yeah, always yeah. trying to, which I'm people do all the time. Some, isn't it weird that you get in trouble in school for plagiarism? Like the littlest thing, but people, like, will claim they invented this exercise that was done in the oh 80s that has a name by a famous lifter. And they'll be like, I created yeah. this. Or or they rip off a piece of equipment. And it's like, how are they doing this as an adult? I thought I was I raised that you couldn't do this. But people do it all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We came up with uh, – this is called Bulgarian contrast training. And I did it by researching the Yugoslavian freaking Olympic team. And I'm like – that's French contrast yeah. training that was developed. You know, I was just like, it's it's crazy. I see it all the time with Charlie Francis and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, not him. Right. People rip him off and, and, and he got it from elsewhere, you know. And it's just, it's wild, man. The, the fitness, I don't want to be in any way, shape, or form associated yep. with the fitness yep. industry. No one needs another fitness coach. They need professionals and they need they need people that are about that, yeah. you know, about, about yeah. that business. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I Next good question. How often do you so, use man, ladders? A lot of false information. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so sorry. Hey, this is a – hey, before I answer oh, that, oh, I didn't oh, answer your previous oh, yeah, question. I went ahead. off on another tangent. Who am I getting information from? Because yes. this is important to me. Um, I want to shout out to people that have, again, poured into my life, yes. my coaching career the most. Uh, my top three this year have been, um, you know, my boy Ray um, uh, teaching me the, the, art of, the art of coaching. And then I, I talk a lot to uh, – uh brandon bird um shoot i'm gonna give you five mm. man these are all guys you need to have on your, on your i have brandon podcast. i'm getting brandon zingler bird next though have. i am getting zingler we already talked i yeah, just keep forgetting Brand's a good dude mm. um uh jared Bibby. oh yeah i'm gonna go down um, to his gym absolute yeah. rocket scientist <laughs> yeah he really is yeah dude you're too close yeah he's man. 30 There's minutes no south excuse, of me There's so no i gotta excuse. i gotta go i gotta go <laughs> yeah he, he, he's a rocket scientist uh and then uh i like uh barbell out in 
out in Hawaii. What's his name? He, it, it he's doing out. great work okay. out there. They've got what a tough it? right now. Um, he owns 50 Barbell. Um, no, what's his name? I didn't care. Uh, oh, his okay. name's Jack. Um, 50 Barbell. Yeah, uh, Jack uh, Cambra. Um, excuse me. I was blanking there for a second. Jack Cambra. What's his Instagram um, name? He, I think it's his 50 gym. Bar- it's 50 Maybe, Barbell. Is it F-I-F-T-Y? But like it, 50 like that? I think I may. Yeah. May, yeah. And that's in Hawaii he is? Ghost? Hello? Oh, no, it's doing that crap again. Can you hear me? You hear me now? Khalil. You. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry about that, man. No, you're good. No, I think it's the damn app. It'd be doing that crap sometimes, yo. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just saying. Uh, Jack Com- uh, Com- Cambra for 50 Barbell, you said that was the fourth person? 50's good. Yeah, and then <clears> I also, um, you know, every once in a while, shoot uh, uh, my man Ben. Uh, I think you have Ben Chantos on here, too, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. He's a good dude, also. He's a young guy that, uh, you know. He's got a fire lit under him to put out some good work as well. And sometimes I'll shoot him a text like, "Hey man, why the heck are you doing this? Explain <laughs> yourself." And and he's always got an awesome reason why, man. So, you know, I'm not afraid to. Like I said, I was communications made super extroverted, you know. And I, I'm always reaching out to someone to get to glean something from what they're doing. And so, oh, yeah. I got a I got a group of dudes around me that that just you know give themselves and their time, you know, unconditionally and. And, uh, and uh, without measure, you know, and so that, those are the kind of people I want to surround myself with. I want to do the same to future generations. Um, so, the, so the next question was, how often do you use ladders? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you know what? Burn them. Burn them. Um, never, man. You know, I... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even one of those guys. And this is after saying I would not demonize another coach. I'm demonizing a piece of equipment. Okay. It's the most gimmicky fatty. Anyway, uh, my kids know they don't talk about ladders in my gym. They just, they just don't. And what do you say to when um, a kid's like, Oh, why don't we do ladders? Or why should, why yeah, can't we do ladders? Yeah. Right. And, uh, I like hearing it. So and, I have more examples of, no, here's, here's why. Here's somebody. That knows more than me. This is why they're a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, they never get into triple extension. They're not putting any force through the ground. They, um, you know, even if you just look at what their feet are doing, like from a super common sense, when are you ever going to see a basketball player doing the kind of things, the icky <laughs> shuffle on a freaking ladder? <laughs> you know, when are you, when's a wide receiver ever doing that stuff with their footwork, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's crazy. And they think there's so much misinformation out there. The thing it's going to make them fast, you know, we deal with the same thing with sand training too. We got, you know, we're in California. So we got kids every time they go to the beach, they think the thing to do is go work out in the sand. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm like, dude, they don't even know that's making them slower. They're just yeah. wasting their time, you know? And, and I mean, I try to educate them the best I can, but kids are going to be kids. So at a certain point you just kind of, you just kind of, I don't know, take your lumps and just understand that, <laughs> you know, Social media is powerful, and whatever yeah. they see on there, you know, especially from these freak athletes that yeah. they have no business that's doing what, what they're is. doing. That is what it is, yeah. 
Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you just bummed me out. Bringing up ladders. Bane <laughs> <laughs> of my existence. Um, do you prefer bands or chains? Oh. And question. what exercise um, do you use one or the other or both on? Yeah, so I use bands and chains on all of our compound lifts. Right. Um, I would be remiss if I told you that bands were as effective as chains because, you know, I, I don't know where I got this from. I think I was talking to Nate Harvey. I think I think that's who I was talking to. Um, mm-hmm. But they just said something that, you know, I think each of them have their place in, in, a, in, a, in you know, an annual tra- training cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think chains – um, and again, I got this from Nate, but chains are, can be used to slow things down. You know, mm-hmm. you got kids that, that need to grind, grind some hard reps out a little bit more and then mm-hmm. uh, band speed things up. You know, um, I would say that the bands get used just a tad more, maybe, you know, a 60-40 split, maybe a 70-30 split in my gym, simply because I think more of my athletes could, could get a bigger benefit from them. They do have those, um, you know overspeed eccentrics and right. um, they carry with them some, some properties that the chains just simply can't um, produce. Um, right. But, you know, and I think, I think they're more, they're easier to recover from. Now that's totally, totally anecdotal. Um, just my own training and my athletes. I think my right. kids recover from them easily. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I keep them in and plus none of my kids are running four threes, you know, so I'm, I'm trying right. to get, you know, their times down if i want to make them faster i'm gonna use bands most of the time we use most of the chains and like gpp preparatory phases um you know i think the lift i use them the most on will be bench press and that just comes from you right. know, a little bit of dabbling and powerlifting early on you know um you know with their upper body strength a lot of these kids need to put on more mass if we're doing five rep maxes i want to want them grind through that fourth and fifth rep i like chains for doing that right. but i think that's just preference man. i feel like they um, control the chain i even on my own i feel like it's a little bit easier the chains on the upper body than mm-hmm. it is with bands. And I feel like, you know, just naturally, especially the athletes, we're going to suck at using the band sometimes. That makes sense. Cause I think their technique is also usually worse than like an actual powerlifter. So like the change, I think it's a little bit easier for them to control the entire time. I think obviously once they get really good, pretty good at benching, then use the damn cha- use the bands. But that's just, that's I have just a theory me. about that. So I think, you know, it's just, again, I'm not, dude, I'm not so much of my, of my coaching is just, I, I tack it up to just common sense. What looks right, what doesn't, you know? And right. so my theory on why that is just simply because they're rooted on the ground more. So if they, if the bar is more centered simply because they're dragging three, four links on the ground, mm-hmm. they, it, it helps them with the stability element of it. It's almost like benching with a tripod, right? And so, um, you know, a lot of these kids, especially the younger they are, they lack those, you know, fully developed stabilizing muscles in their shoulders and, and the pecs. And so, you know, if the band's going to put them out of whack a little bit, it'll probably be because the chains are, uh, or excuse me, if, if the chains are look easier, it's probably because they are, if they, right. you know, with every inch they go down, they're just adding a bigger base underneath that, um, the barbell, you know, right. and, and I, and I like it for my younger ones, man. They use a lot more chain, kind of as an intro to accommodating resistance. Plus, they feel badass. They like it, you know. Like, so <laughs> right, they, right, right. They're like, oh, man, we get to use chain today. That's the one they always want to post on Instagram, you know. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, what type of percentages do you use for dynamic lower body, and how do you determine which a kit needs? So whether it's explosive strength waves or, or speed strength or strength speed, like how do you uh, determine what, what, what they should be using? Sure. 
Um, so it really depends. I mean, you just watch them, you watch them lift a, you watch them run and jump. And mm -hmm. so, you know, by looking at that trifecta <clears throat> of performance, um, you can pretty quickly tell what a kid sucks at. Right. So, right. um, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if the layman can probably pick this out, but I mean, you know, your explosive kids from the ones who are not right my explosive kids the ones who are jumping higher who um who are fast out the gate who they have incredible get-offs you know and you got to watch them play the sport too right you know i mean so many coaches get so caught up on velocities and all this stuff like at what point do you just flip on the tape all these kids have huddle and you can go watch their highlights you right. know and so i especially with my football players because that's what i played but i do it with my volleyball players too you can see them jumping you can see them running and so if they look explosive they probably are explosive if you know i got kids like i got wide receivers big six foot two six foot three wide receivers that aren't very explosive and i don't know why that is i have no idea but they need you know um that 30 to 40 percent rep range more than they need the 50 to 60 you know plus accommodating resistance and so my kids that are that are explosive and need more strength they're dealing with the more 50 to 60 percent range you know right and i've been and and another thing is you know i sometimes i cut out dynamic effort work altogether you know depending on the athlete um again holistic views on strength and conditioning this isn't super west side but i mean like if a kid just needs to get more explosive you know uh i think it was joe defranco yeah i think it was joe defranco you know conjugate is not it was not created by louis Right. It's, it's, it's a system. It's malleable. This thing's a living and breathing organism. You can make the program what you want to, according right. to the needs of the athlete. And I think that's what's so, so awesome about it. You're like a, I liken it to like a, a, a DJ at a turntable. You're dialing things up and you're dialing things down, you know, and you're just constantly right. twisting knobs and, and, and making this, you know, it's this machination of, 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 of performance um, training that really just kind of takes its own shape according to the kid and their needs. So um, if I've got a kid that's not really benefiting from like, let's say we've tried the 50 to 60%, you know, we're, we're dealing with um, that, uh, uh, excuse me, um, uh, strength speed and, and, um, and you've, and you've worked explosive strength with them. Their numbers aren't going up. Their vertical's not going up. Maybe it's time to ditch that second day of barbell, barbell training. Instead of putting more bands and chains on them, maybe it's time just have them do jumping maybe they need 40 40 reps of jumps a day maybe they need to get more uh weighted you know vest ankle weights jumps in and dude i've, I've i'm like if it ain't if it ain't broke don't fix it if how you're trying to fix it ain't working you know you need to think outside the box and i got that from you know i like looking at other people's programs for inspiration because i mean i'm not the most creative dude in the world but i do know that a jump is the most dynamic effort training they can do Right. You know, and so I'm not so married to the barbell or so vain to think that my equipment is going to get them better. Sometimes they just need to do more of what they lack. So if right. that kid sucks at jumping, that's what they need to do more of. Hey, well, I need to jump more, you know. Uh, how and much so, jumping will you do? Will you do two days of 40 or will you or yeah, like yeah. what do you what do you what do you do for that? Yeah. So my system is becoming more and more conjugated all the time. <clears throat> it's uh, I have them doing 40 jumps every lower body day. Mm -hmm. Um and i used to do all do 40 do jumps body? the same um i i do i do two i do have some kids that come in for extra one-on-one -on -one, you know training sessions and they'll do a third day but it's always something way more you know volume controlled like where they'll, do front, they'll do front squats on that day they'll do oh, okay. they'll do you know i'll hook them up to you know i, I know you uh, uh what's her face uh laura phelps 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I just put out some stuff on like how to basically make your own belt squat without a belt squat. And yeah, I, I do them. that with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stuff that's not going to be super taxing, but can pack in some more leg volume, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the day I have them do zerkers and stuff like that, that they would definitely benefit from, but it's not going to tax their body like a back squat would. So, right. so I, two to three days a week, uh, 90% of my athletes are on two days a week and that's all they need right now. Um, you know, I have them running a lot too, and I have them jumping a lot. So it just, it all compounds, you know? And then you said you would do, you do 40 jumps, but you do a different jump throughout that 40 jumps. You're saying? Yeah. So, so what I'm moving more to right now is just, uh, um, we'll do two jumps a day, you know, mm-hmm. and, and this, uh, bird shared this with me and, and I'm kind of making it, um, you know, it's like, I don't want them to ever lose the qualities of a single, I don't, I don't believe in completely neglecting any one training modality. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's kind of like that. I use the example of like, you know, the people who are bilateral versus unilateral, which one's best, you know, I think they're, right. they're both awesome. You need them both right. in the program, just like right. the, the multi-directional jumping, um, plus depth jumps, plus, um, hurdle hops and all that stuff. They all have their place in training. So, the way I used to do it was, you know, I would, I would rotate my days. So as far as jumps go, I would work on a, on a two week cycle rather than a one week cycle. And so let's say day one would be depth jumps. Day two would be, and this is just for sake of example, day two would be broad jumps. Well, then the the next week, day three would be, you know, their hurdle hops. Day four would be um, some sort of vertical or, or box jump. So I'm getting in all four jump variations on a two week basis. But right. what I found was they weren't really improving the ones I wanted them to quick mm-hmm. enough because they weren't getting those, rec- those, those um, uh, uh, frequent exposures. You know, every, they only touch it every two weeks. <coughs> so what I'm doing now is, you know, on a weekly basis, they'll get 20 jumps of each of those split between two days. So um, oh. first day, you know, they'll hit, they'll hit two types. So they would hit like, you know, uh, uh, a vertical and a horizontal jump and day two, they would hit, you know, um, a depth jump and a, and a hurdle hop. And again, I'm not, it's like Louis says, you know, I didn't invent toilet paper. I'm just smart enough to use it. That's something I got from Brandon, man. He's a guru. He's, he's a jumper. I was not. So I'm going to listen to that guy. Right. And he's producing great, great results out of his gym in Pennsylvania. So it's been working for us so far. You know, do you um, do a max? Do you up. do a max effort on both days? And if so, because you're only doing 20, are your kids warmed up enough to do the max for the first type of jump by 20 and the max for the second? Because I always find like doing the jumping at like 20, I feel I'm warmed up or <laughs> starting to get warm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do you how do you manage I build that? Into it. Yeah, it's hard because I have bigger groups, um, probably bigger than most conjugate guys have. And it makes it hard because every kid's at a different level. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just kind of let them, I kind of keep my eye on them and make sure that they're, you know, they're adding. I give them like, let's say it's four sets of five jumps, right? I say every set of five, you got to go up four to six to eight inches, whatever, you know, each time. Now, what do you think those kids that mentally have that block? Like what a box, like if you're doing the box jump. You go up six inches for five for a set of five, it can get kind of crazy real quick. You know well, what I mean? Like, well, the thing is, with those first three sets, they're usually jumping with some sort of external resistance. Oh, so you do so, the contrast just like Brandon does, where you take take it off for maybe those. Yes, just like Brandon does. Exactly, exactly. Um, now I've done it both ways. That's just the way I'm doing it right now. You know, um, I'm I'm really in this phase of just accruing data. You know, to try to right. compare. You know, the way I used to do it, the way I'm doing it now, and kind of see which one got yielded better results. But 
but yeah, I like that because just like you said, it kind of keeps their, um, um, the height of that box lower for their warm up sets. So if okay. I say, okay, if you're doing 20 jumps, you're doing four sets of five, those first three sets, you're like, okay, you're building the higher you can jump. And again, we use those foam boxes. So you can just rip things off, put them on, you know? And, right. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And I tell them, you know, at that, that last jump, that last set should be, you should have to think about that. You know, you should have to right. think about like mentally preparing yourself. Like I, I'm going to, I got to hit this. Like, uh, if I die, I die. You know what I mean? Right, so right, right. I'm like, make it hard. And then after that, we break it up into five singles. So those, the jumps 16 through 20, I have them do singles and they're adding height every time. Just no external resistance. That, okay. So yeah. Know, that's what I was thinking. The okay. There. Yeah, okay. So the first that... three now, okay. Let's say, let's say a kid, his max that like you're doing, let's say you're doing a running box jump and it's 50 inches. No, you know, that's what he can do. What is his mm -hmm. first set of five height? Um, yeah, it, well, I bought two sets of them too. I bought two sets of these boxes. So I, I try to, and I hate doing this. Cause you know, kids are fragile and especially with my girls, I divide them in half. I say, Hey, my jumpers over here, my non jumpers over here. And they, and what I mean by that is my people who can jump the, the halves over here, the have nots over here. And so they get this discouraged look on their face and they all separate themselves. But, um, the kids who can jump, I'm going to start them higher. That kid might start at 30. I'm going right. to 38 next. I'm going to go to 44, 46 next, you know? Right. Um, and again, I don't sweat it so much. Those four inches, especially if they're just jumping out the gym. I got some kids that are extremely explosive. Mm -hmm. And if they're just murdering it, like they, they're clearly, they should have their own set of boxes to the side. Um, those kids, I tell them, hey, you just got to jump higher. Jump to the roof right. and just land on the box. You know what I mean? Because at right. a certain point, again, I got big groups. I can't get stressed about the one. You know what I mean? And right. they're still getting better. So, I mean, it's working. Now, what – um. This is a later question. I think it was. I'm um, looking at all my questions. But how do you? Because your jumps, I'm guessing, is that the first thing you're doing, or are you doing your max effort then your jump? I know Brandon likes to do that too. Where he, or he likes yeah. to do 20 jumps, max effort, go do 20 jumps. Sure. So yeah, like how do you warm them up before the jump where they can go at? Because I can jump a 50 inch box, but I'd be started with like 20 inches because I well maybe because I'm older, so I feel. Like, yo, I got to be warmed up for this. So it's like, yeah. how, do you, how do you warm them up to be ready to make these big jumps? Because, you know, so they're not like, oh, at 18 jumps, I feel good. But you like, you got to be ready for that 30-inch box off the bat. Like, how do you, what do you do for warming up, you know? Yeah, you know, I haven't really figured that out. I mean, I mean okay, I have an answer for you. I would say <laughs> as far as the warm-up goes, yeah. you know, I'm still working on getting like a standardized warm-up. Like, yeah. I like, you know... Um, something that I want to come up with like, you know, 10, 12 movements that the kids can just roll in and they know exactly if it's lower by day, they're doing this warm up. And that right. I'm trying to optimize time. So I, really, right. I, the goal would be, you know, I'm working on it right now. Hopefully by hopefully four weeks from now, we can implement this set warm up. Maybe we put it on the wall. The kids know if it's upper by day, they do this if it's lower by day, they do this and they can be fully warm five <laughs> minutes into the hour. I would love right. to just save time by those kids just taking control of their own warm up. But currently we're doing, you know, a dynamic stretch, a lot like they would do on the football field. They're walking 10, 15 yards doing their, you know, um, toy soldiers and, and uh, butt kickers and, you know, all that stuff. Just because I just want them to sweat, you know. And, right. and if, they're, if they're still not awake, you know, because I, I have a 6 a.m. group, a bunch of high school kids. <laughs> if they're luck. not awake, <laughs> if I got awake, if they're not awake, man, they're not very chatty, I'm going I'm to jump them right there. I'm going to be like, hey, 
in your lines, I want you to get through 15 yards and as few broad jumps as possible. Cause that jump will wake up the CNS. It'll kind of, it'll kind of, you know, um, it's like a shot, a shot, of you know, almost. Um, and then I see where they're going. I've had good success with that. I just read the crowd and kind of see what happens, but as far as how I order it, um, you know, there are two things. Um, some kids I feel like need that CNS primer, the kids who don't use pre-workout, they don't drink coffee. They don't do any of this, you know, what their meathead buddies are doing. It's usually my girls. They're kind mm. of, they, they, they come in with, you know, no makeup bags under their eyes. They're like, Oh, <laughs> kind of rough today. You know, I'm like, yeah, you know, you probably need to jump first, but for the, but for the most part, I try to break up my athletes depending on what they need. You know, I mean, right. um, if, if, it's just like that dynamic effort stuff. You know, if, if I got a kid that's strong, but not, you know, right now we're focused on more getting more explosive, they, they need to jump first. I'm going to prioritize them for that when they're, um, uh, when that's the need. Whereas um, if I got kids like my girls, my girls are notorious, 80% of my girls, I do have some really strong ones, but 80% of my girls, they need the strength. So they're going to max first and then they're going to go jump, you know, because right. you got to think too, I'm heavy in volleyball. So they're doing body weight jumps all day. Right, you know, right. Just like basketball, stuff, that's all they're doing, yeah. Yeah, so I don't really care about doing the stuff that they're doing all day. You know, right. they come to me because the glaring need is they need to get stronger. So I'm totally cool with, you know, and we switch it up. I mean, it's not it's not super rigid like that. It, there's so many things that honestly go into it. But the right. two main things that, I, that I'm prioritizing, you know, is, hey, are they awake? Do they need to warm up? Because I'm like you, man. I'm I'm 27. <clears throat> But I, I'm already feeling like I'm freaking 50, and I and I need yeah. to jump before I squat, you know. And so, especially because yeah, then my squat point. does well because I feel you already worked on the same muscles. Now I'm warmed up, but That's then exactly I, I right. do the 20 after, and then my jumps. I'm I'm feeling light as a feather. But you exactly. know, I start off with that damn 18 inch some days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the other thing is, you know, like I said, we're we're old school, man. We got a lot of free weight. I don't have a lot of you know. I got five racks, but with 20, 25 athletes, I'm trying to optimize my space. And so I'm also tr trying to break kids up according to where I don't want, you know, I, they need to get through this quick. I don't want them lollygagging. I want, I'm going to break What's kids up. What's your rest time so for your max effort jumps and for your barbell work? What do you rest? I keep hearing Great mixed question. stuff. You know, man, I, it, I think Louis two and, on... and a half minutes. Jared's like five minutes. Yeah. So I don't have time like Jared. Jared, <laughs> uh, you know, if, if I didn't coach, if I didn't teach high school and I was just at the gym all day, I would totally do that. I, right. You know, that's, that's the right way to do it. And I'm not going to say it the way I do it is the right way. Um, if we want them breaking records, they have to feel fresh enough from their last set to break a record. Try, so, I mean, try, try, um, yeah. you know, my morning group, they get in at 6am, they got to be out the door, you know, going home to get ready for school at seven. So if I only get an hour with them, you know, I'm, um, I'm giving them, you know, as Two things start slowing down, yeah, I've you know, and I walk around with a stopwatch too, mm. so I know generally how fast my groups of two, three, and four kids can get through their you know warm up sets and all that, and and I'm clocking them based on their rest. So if I come over and they've only got ninety seconds, but they're going up in that eighty percent, eighty five percent threshold, I'm like, hey, slow it down. Right. And especially you see when kids miss a lift, kid misses a lift he should have made. I'm like, hey, stop what you're doing. I point over to the clock and I say, take four minutes. Right. And then, you know, they're, they're all discouraged. They're like, okay. And they like this <laughs> because they think I'm going to shut them down. You know, they're, they're right. like, oh, Coach B is going <clears> to <throat> tell me to stop for the day. And I'm like, no, no, no. You'll get one more shot, but you're going to get a full rest, you know. And usually they, they'll break it right then. So to answer your question, it's somewhere between two to four minutes usually. Mm -hmm. um, and my OGs, my road dogs, the kids who have been with me the longest, they know. 
Um, it's not a, it's not a sprint. You know, we, we do a lot of circuits and we to optimize our time. We, we, we do time, um, restricted, uh, accessory work, you know? And so much like a high school weight room, you know, we're trying to get as much work done as in as little time as possible. Do so, you do like giant I, sets and stuff like that to optimize time? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, a lot of these kids will, you know, they, they love that stuff because they get bored easily. So I'm like, yeah. hey, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, you know? And do you ever do a, a ascending sets for like upper body for accessory work? Uh, define that. I've heard a couple definite, you know, I know. So like, you know, we do that. You, so you start with one exercise and then every set you're adding an exercise until basically you get to seven, but you still keep doing that first one. So like front raise, then front raise plus a lateral raise and front raise, lateral raise, rear delt fly, then. You know what I mean? Like you do that. No, I haven't done that, but that sounds that amazing. That shit is kill. Oh, no. That sounds awesome. So <laughs> yeah. wait, so wait, seven rounds in, you do all seven exercises. So, so like first set, you you do rear delt fly. Then second set, you got rear delt plus side lateral. Then you'll do rear delt side lateral TRX TRX fly. Then rear delt side lateral TRX fly. Then a tricep extension. And you keep going until you get like around that six to seven range. But by Ooh. then, their weakest one that you start with has gotten seven, the, the one that they're strongest with, maybe Ooh. there's like a trirec, I mean, like a tricep banded extension for 100 is their last thing. So, like, if they suck at, uh, like, upright row stuff for their traps and rear delt, you start with that. So that, those two first exercises get six or seven sets of 20, 30. But, like, they they may start with one, with, oh, this is easy, first set. Second set, not bad. Third, by that third or fourth set, they can't move their, <laughs> like, it's like that, you know? So, like, you do, I, I don't do it for the lower body usually. But for the upper body, Jesus Christ! Like you could get so much volume, sure. and, and like a, and it's like a quick kill. Like I so said, if you just do your like your med ball throws, your bench, and then you do like a heavy set of triceps, but then you do like an ascending set, that can like take care of like all the accessory work right there. Like I, that one's a. How long does one. it take you to do that? Uh, I would say the average ascending set, maybe like 10, 10, 15 minutes, because I usually do like forty-five seconds rest, whether it's with the first set. Or it was the last one, you oh, know? Okay. and then every by the time you get to six or seven exercises, I want to say that set of six to seven exercises takes like two and a half minutes. So like mm -hmm. the first set is only like because you'll do like the heaviest weight or like the least amount of reps for that first one to two because also the reps usually get higher as you go. So you know sure. like you're saving those heavy banded extensions for last. That's like eighty or a hundred. You know, so like, like I said, like the ones that they are best at are last and the stuff that they suck at the worst are first, but for usually oh, like, like heavier weight. And so as it goes, so that like that last set may take two and a half, three minutes, but the first one only takes like 30 seconds because they may do like heavy side laterals or five, but because they did the fifth exercise was upright row banded or with, with dumbbells for like 20 or 30, by the time they get back to that side lateral race for five it's hell you know unlike when they would normally do it by itself you know uh, yeah i gotta man that's another tool in the toolbox I yeah yeah that's, one a good one. Yeah, that's a good one and it's super time efficient i like that mm -hmm. yeah try it on yourself and, <laughs> and you'll see like, oh <laughs> shit because <laughs> like right. the giant set is good but i like to like once a month i'll just throw the ascending like on that dynamic upper body day i usually do it then and i'll throw that especially like if they were kind of having like, if they were kind of beat up that week or like it was a hard max effort, I'll just kind of do med ball throws, dynamic bench, a heavy, like, you know, Williams extension or dumbbell rollbacks. And then they just do an ascending set, the rest of the workout. But then that whole workout's maybe 45, 50 minutes, 
because you know like that rest time for the dynamic bench is like 30 45 seconds so it's like they bang right. that out and they're like oh this workout's not too hard then they do the ascending set <laughs> it's like whoa <laughs> Yeah, sometimes my kids get a little get, get a little comfortable, man. I might have yeah, to they're that. like, yo, that's easy. And I'm like, all right, I got something for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Um, what max effort exercise do you do for lower? Like, how do you, which ones do you like to use the most? How do you rotate them? I feel like I do all of them. The ones that I stay away from, I, I think it'd be easier to say. Because I'm always coming up with new things. Right, to, right. I mean, depending on where an athlete's weak, you know, um, they're, I believe in builders and testers, you know, mm-hmm. so my builders, you know, those, those change a lot more than the testers. I know if their close grips going up or excuse me, you're talking about lower body. I know that if their rack pulls going up and they suck at lockout, their, their sumo, their sumo from the floor is going up. Right. Um, I know if they suck off the ground, their deficit comes up, their regular from the floor is coming up. So, I mean, you know, those are pretty standard, but the, um, the ones that I don't do are going to be like the stuff that <sighs> there are two that I don't do. Um, the first one is max effort. Good mornings. I don't want my kids. I don't trust them. Just to be completely honest with you. I don't, I, I don't think the good morning max ever good mornings, as opposed to supplemental good mornings have that much more to provide. Like not even sets of five. Will you do? Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll well, that's, that, a, that's yeah. So like I, do you do like three or fives? Because I thought that because Louis, I know Louis and the crazy guys, they'll do ones, but he always tells like athletes to do three and five. So it's technically yeah, because yeah, a good morning for a set of three feels like freaking max effort to me. I, yes, I, I, yeah. so I don't do threes. I'll do fours, fives, and sixes um, to keep the weight a little bit lighter. And and again, and I will only do that for my kids that know that are like the best really racers. Good. Right, I've still right. got kids that you know if I put them on a trap bar. If at, I was talking to Bird about this a week ago, or last night, excuse me. Um, if it's it's the wildest, it's the most wild thing. My kids know how to brace like a champ on sumos. Mm-hmm. They can do them all day, every day, you yeah. know, and they don't thrash their back. But the minute I put them on a trap bar, they turn it all into this like lumbar, like super low, uh, lower, uh, lower back dominant movement. They hardly bend their knees. They're staying on the heels and everything, but they just thrash them. They can't walk for two days. I'm like that should be way easier than a sumo, you know? Like, I, right. don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why that is right now. I, but anyway, I, I still feel like I'm learning how to do that. The, well, the, yeah, the good I mean, morning is so tough. It is. And so if they can't do that correctly, I'm not going to have them do a heavy good morning. It's just right. not happening. And right. so I do have them do them, you know, fours, five, sixes. But again, that's only select few athletes who I know are safe with it, you know? And right. so um, as much as I would love to, I see a ton of benefit in those. I'm never going to do a one to three. You know, and mm-hmm. I just don't, I, I think the risk outweighs the benefit. I don't, I don't do want him to herniate a disc, you know, and <laughs> right, right. not be able to play this season. So yeah. that's one I don't do. And then I also don't do high box squats, you know, because they just have zero carryover to what my athletes are trying to do. Why do you think, because um, I know Louie does it with that sprint girl that he has and the, the blondie that, that he has that mm-hmm. Brandon Burt used to work with or, or he had in the gym. That he does high box cuts to her, but I also know he's a. It's a one-on-one situation that he does, so I don't know if it's that. But she may what, be poor what? at lockout. Yeah, she might be poor at lockout. They may be what she needs. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd be hard pressed to say that that's you know. And Louis got his his reasons, man. I don't question that, man. So, <laughs> right. um, so right. it does. You you are right though. Like it's it's a mystery you want to get to the bottom of. But what I would say is just, you know, I haven't gotten an athlete that sucks at lockout yet. All my kids right. suck in the bottom, you know, in the hole. And so if I want to get them stronger there, I'm not going to do high bar with them. Or excuse me, high box. And 
And um, I don't know. It's just maybe that chick has super strong glutes and everything too. I mean, um, she squats like five hundred and weighs get like out of the bottom or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I can't tell you, but you need to have Louie on, and then you can ask him. And I, I'm trying, but you know how you know how that is. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, dude. I get it. Well, you got to go to him. That's what. You yeah, I, I probably need to just go to him. And be like, can I? Because I see a lot of people on like YouTube and stuff where they got an interview. I'm like, yo, who is this dude that got this interview? But I guess yeah. if you got that in where it's like, yeah, you can come to the gym. You want to work out, and then it's just like, you know, ask me some questions. Like, all right, <laughs> right. Um, and you know, the other thing is, you know, I take it with a grain of salt when I'm reading the book of methods. When I'm reading, you know, whatever Louis put out, you just have to look at through the eyes of what, who, who, what is the audience that he's writing to. Right. I know yeah. his powerlifters do high high box, but again, they're in they're in briefs and they've got or super low. They, yeah, they do both. Yeah. So so uh, same thing with the bench. I'm not doing a ton, like. I mean, I'm not doing every variation he says because my kids aren't wearing shirts. Yeah. You know. So when they're doing like four block presses, you know. Right. 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 That has no benefit on that. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Wait. Um. Oh, so, about the briefs. You know how like he says with a lot of things like. Why not get the briefs? Because then everything above and below is going to get super strong, and he doesn't want his athletes getting hurt because he does it with like Bro. track. And would you buy it and like have? I've been thinking about that. Like, should I get? Because like every once in a while, I'll have a little bit of like hip tightness, hip pain. I'm like, should I buy yeah. myself briefs and then like see like would I want to use this on my athletes? Like, do you think that's a benefit to you know people that aren't powerlifters? You think that's a good thing to do? This is what I think. I think that. The body, um, you know, it only, I mean, I got this from Buddy Morris, actually. Buddy said, oh, really? Buddy said, um, uh, you know, the body only knows stimulus, you know, and so if the, if the body only understands stimulus, it doesn't really understand how you got there, then briefs should work and they should work for unequipped lifters too, because if they allow you to push an extra 20, 30 pounds, then you're going to accommodate to that higher weight, not the briefs. Right. You know, and so I truly believe that, especially because strength is so, you know, it's, it's so neural. If, if, if we're trying to, you know, prime it to do, to recruit more muscle units or motor units, excuse me, then we're really training the brain. We're not really training the muscle. You get what I'm saying? Right. And so if we can walk out a heavier weight, but we don't actually squat it, that's going to help us squat it. Right. Like, you know, it's so like a high in like a concentric squat or something like that, right? It, yeah, exactly. So I think the briefs would help. So this is actually super relevant to this last week. Your question is because uh, I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but I tore my adductor a week ago. Oh wow! And I'd be it wasn't scared even sometimes. Doing... I feel like my at, and I'm like, ooh, could I get a so, hernia right now? <laughs> yeah. So long term, man. So if I'm going to stick with this wide stance stuff and practice what I preach, and I want right. my glutes and hips to be strong as an ox. I need to protect them, especially if I, I want to be, you know, lifting into my 60s and 70s, you know. That's like the goal, yeah. 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 And I don't so, live till I'm dead, man. I, I, I believe, <laughs> exactly. I believe, man, if you want to wear a belt and it, it keeps you from hurting, use a belt. If, right. you know, now I tore my adductor and, and immediately I got an Inzer's website and I'm like, uh, <laughs> shout out to Inzer. If they want to sponsor me, I'm all about it. But <laughs> I, I was like, look, I, I went and bought my first two pairs of briefs because I'm like, hey, what the hell? I'm going to try them. How you much know, are, the, they, are the briefs? They're about the same price as like a pure, pair of compression shorts, like 20, 25 bucks. What? So you, yeah. So you can buy. Oh, like, my God. I'm going to go buy it now. I thought they were like a hundred something dollars or something. What? No, 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 no. That's crazy. diapers. Now, what is the full suit? Do you know how much the suit is? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm not really 
I don't know that I'm interested in that. I thought I they just... were. I thought they were going to be so much money. Damn, I'm going to get them. I'm going right. to get them now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to try them out. I'll, I'll update you on it, man. I mean, yeah, see how yeah, it please. goes. Because I, I had some weird, like, so a week prior to that, I had some weird, like, grinding sensation in my hips. I've never uh, had yeah. hip issues, ever. I've always had, you know, again, like, I'm, I'm a bigger dude. I had some groin issues in football, but nothing mm-hmm. crazy. And I felt some grinding in my hips. I'm like, man, you know, I should probably, if I'm going to be doing this wide thing, I should probably go all in and just buy some briefs, right? And then I right. tore that. And it wasn't like a crazy. <laughs> it's more like just a bad pull, you know. It's mm-hmm. getting better every day. But I was just like, you know, I don't want to worry about that. So right. I'm going to try them out and, and I'll tell you how, how they work. Um, do you uh, – oh, damn it. What was I about to say? Oh, come on, come on, come on. Uh, uh, oh, do, do, you, do you do FRC or anything like that for mobility work? <laughs> Because my girlfriend's no. FRC and like I've heard so much. I mean, she does it like for my clients. I literally they, she programs their stuff and and I've done it on myself. And I feel like that's the number one way. Like I need less recovery because of doing that. You know, like have you tried? You know, I'm just now getting. It. Yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask, man. I know that everyone that uses it swears by it. They think yeah, it's the coolest it really thing is. to slice bread. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know what i'm all about that like I, i'm i'm so open-minded about that stuff if it means that my kids are gonna you know if it's gonna make my kids better yeah they, Lord they really will make me better then yeah. i probably need to go get that cert um healthier just, and you get more benefit out of training because you have more range of motion out you know like right. I, I, it's huge yeah and you know all of our kids every man kids are a lot different than when i was in high school i'm only 27 but 10 years ago Video games weren't a thing like they are now. I was that kid yeah. in video games because I was a freaking nerd. But mm-hmm. um, but now everyone's doing it. All the jocks are doing it. They're sitting in this this terrible posture position playing right. COD with their buddies. And they're yeah. totally locked up. And their shoulders are um, rotated forward. And they just got mo- more issues, you know, right. per square yeah. foot than than athletes used to. So I think there's a huge need for that. I'm just – I just have don't have any experience with it. So I can't speak on it. Um I know that I was talking to what's his face from Delta five the other day. And he was saying, you know, he's like, man, people are so crazy about it. It's almost like a religion, dude. It's like, it's like they, they love it that much. And so I'm like, man, I might, it might be time for me to join the cult or at least give, you know, drink the Kool-Aid, see what happens. Cause, <laughs> because Lord knows I could use some more mobility. So why the heck not? <laughs> um, what max effort extra do you do for upper body? Or what so, don't you do? I say, <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, so I like, um, so for upper body, I have a lot of throwers, you know, my baseball players are overhead, my volleyball players are overhead. Um, I don't shy away from benching with them at all. Um, Mm -hmm. I think again, when you bask, when you demonize something to the point of saying no one, no one in this demographic should ever do it, that's probably going to create an imbalance. Right. Right. So I, I don't believe in that. And, um, that being said, I do, I do like using a lot of accommodating resistance on max effort. So we'll, we'll load up chains and bands to kind of take some stress off that bottom portion where it's super shoulder uh, intensive, you know, um, off the chest. Um, And it, and the other effect of that is, you know, all my kids are weak with the triceps. None of those kids have strong triceps. I probably have one, honestly, that that probably needs more chest work. Um, But the majority of them, they uh, they fail at you know that transition from from pec shoulders to, tri- to triceps that four inches off the chest is where they fail right. and so we do a lot of um, 
pins. Uh, we do um, pressing into like, I use these foam. Um, uh, they're meant to like put your knees on, you know, those three inch foam mats. They're made of like closed cell foam. I don't know if you've ever seen those. Are they, they blue they have... or the black ones? Yeah, Cause yeah, we yeah, have yeah. both. Right, right. They're this, yeah, those. <clears throat> so we use those, we press into those kind of let them rest the bar on there. It's about two inches. Louis has, Louis has, wait, wait, press is the pad on their chest. Are you saying, or the, the, the bar, the, 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 the plates rest on the, so it's, you know, like you're pressing off. I the let them sink into it. Yeah. I let them sink into it. Just like a, just like a padded yeah, box. What box. is, I still don't understand because I haven't watched the video. Some video Louis was, God, I got to go watch it again. It was, they were benching. It may have been a bench press video from the book, like from the, from the certification where they were benching off the foam. And I guess it's just like box running off the foam is harder, but it's also better it, for their body. It should be, but the foam that we're using is nothing like the. It doesn't depress like the that foam orange one that they have, to. right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't really like. They're using still. I think they're using like mattress cushions or whatever. Yeah, you know? that's like yeah, that's what they were using. They're super deep, and and I'm not. I don't I don't use those on bench, but when you're squatting to those, I mean, like those elite FTS pads that you see, you yeah. know, all the coaches using. Yeah. Those things depress four inches. So the, the foam on their chest is probably, it might go down an inch because it's a lot more dense. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think they're getting that same, you know, coming out of a couch uh, benefit. How do it. you do it? Um, do you put like box, uh, like box, the hard box jumps or something on the side, then you put the pads on? No, 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 no. So they're, they're, they're literally resting that pad long ways on their chest. Oh, and they're just, oh okay, they're okay. The bar sink okay. into that. Yeah. And so it keeps it a little bit off their chest. And then I use those basically... On, it's it's just like using um, boards. That's that's really why that's. But it sinks. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now that makes it now, harder than a board press, or or easier in your opinion, or or is it just something different? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I I think I've read Louis said somewhere, or maybe it was Tom said somewhere. You know, uh, doing a soft surface like that on 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 bench as opposed to <clears throat> straight up boards they do mm -hmm. they do produce a different effect i don't really care that much if i'm being <laughs> honest with you i i just another you can only nitpick so much man yeah exactly exactly yeah. and i'm sure they probably do i just i i honestly am not gonna let that make or break my programming right. or or you know you don't like control for so many variables at the right. end of a training cycle are you gonna look back and say oh I should have used hard boards there instead of <laughs> soft foam. Like, no, now, you're not. The it's foam, just, does somebody else hold it or do they kind of tuck it on their shirt? Like, how do, how do you do that? You know, mm -hmm. they grip to their shirt because they're still pretty sticky. And so they uh, they don't even oh. need to – yeah. They, and they this is really the blue to. one you'd be using, right? Yeah, just that one like the, like 20 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, most – the regular gyms even have this. This is the one that people do a lot of – like, they'll put their – like you said, put their knees on. I know the one you're yeah. talking about. I, think I love I, those. I yeah. love them. Yeah, because okay. they're, they're versatile. You, I use them for Bulgarian split squats. I use them for right. uh, all sorts oh, oh, of Oh, oh, oh. I have a question now. <laughs> Just randomly now, but the Bulgarian split squats. I get knee pain in the back knee when I do Bulgarian yes. split squats. Why do you yes. think – do you think my box is too high, too low? Is it just knee pain, no. period? What, it's okay, so I dealt with that too, but I dealt with it on walking lunges. That back leg, I don't care what anybody says, oh that leg is being turned on. And 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 not only that, it's a it's a knee extension that it's trying to do. So in order to stabilize, you've got to put weight into that back foot on the back right. surface, right? Right. In right. order to keep your balance. Right. And so what is your knee and quad doing? 
it's basically like a leg extension, right? Right. So the lower you go, you're getting into a more dis mechanically dis disadvantageous position. It's putting more and more and more stress on that joint. Right. And I'll just tell you how, I don't know what it is. I can tell you that that's how I developed a little bit of, when I felt that in my back knee, it was early onset, um, uh, or those are my, my, my early symptoms of developing a little bit of, uh, tendinosis in my knee. Yeah. And patella tendinosis. And I you might have it from basketball. being a jumper. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just jumper's knee, man. And so yeah. what I did was I just had to ham I, I stayed away from heavy stuff. So don't do what hurts it first okay. off. Yeah, that, that's I, I, was I don't do gains anymore because of that. <laughs> well, just take some time off. I wouldn't again, I wouldn't avoid them altogether. Take some time off and spend some time doing, you know, uh TKEs and Spanish squats and things to really fire up those. What are Spanish squats? What are Spanish squats? Band. So you set up two bands or maybe even one band. If you got a long one, you set mm -hmm. it up and you wrap it around a, you can choke them or if you got one long one, just wrap it around the, um, the rack at about knee height. Basically. So mm -hmm. you have two loops coming out at you. You put your feet in those two loops and you pull them up around the, the, uh, uh the crease of your knee, right? So right, right behind right. your kneecap mm -hmm. and you'll, you'll walk it out to where you have some resistance pulling you towards the rack. Then you mm -hmm. just perform some squats. And what ends up happening oh, is I didn't know the name. Squat. I didn't know the name yet. Now, yeah, yeah, no, it's like a sissy yeah. squat. So it's going right. to build up the the, uh, the stabilizing musculature in your in your in your uh, knees. And well, you do that for like of... high reps. Is just kind of a connective tissue type of training. Yeah. Thing. Okay, maybe I'll start yeah. doing that. Yeah. I've got some kids with you know chronic knee pain just because they just because they've lifted like idiots their entire lives, and I, <laughs> I have them do heavier like goblet squats out of that. But we probably won't go heavier than like you know six reps. So, but majority of my kids that do TKEs and knee health stuff there, because uh, the demands of their sport or whatever, they'll stay in that 10, 20, 10 to 25 rep range. And, and they hate them because they, they blow up their quads, you know, I don't do it with a lot of my athletes simply because a lot of my athletes are quad dominant as it is. So, they really so will they these. hold weight like a, like a goblet squat kind of thing while they, cause if you're only doing sixes, you must be making it heavy. How do you make it heavy? They'll, like, they'll go in, Yeah. They'll go into like a double front rack position with kettlebells. Uh -huh, um, okay. And so we can get up to, we got, we got, we have up to 70 pound kettlebells. A lot of my kids, that's pretty tough for, for six, you know, 140 pounds on a front rack position. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we, again, I'm not trying to do that for max effort, although I probably could, you know, it's just, um, I've, I've, it, it seemed to really help me. So what I would do, man, is just stop doing what hurts and then focus on your knee health and right. TKEs. And I come from a physical therapy background too, because when I was oh, in junior really? college, I worked at, yeah, I worked at a, at a physical premier physical therapy clinic down in um, Mission Viejo, California, where I went to school first. And mm. I worked there for three years and they worked mainly with triathletes and, um, and uh, uh, ultra marathon runners and, uh, you know, distance athletes. And so they had a lot of wear and tear issues which showed me, you know, how to take care of knees and ankles. And, and we had firefighters in there who had totally jacked up their shoulders. And, you know, that kind of taught me all the, you know, when, when Louie and all these guys talk about, you know, um, uh, you know, shoulder health, knee health, whatever, strengthen the hammies, the glutes, what are most people deficient in all this kind of stuff that if you want long-term health and longevity, you got to build up the back, you know, just right. About, yeah. I mean, I mean, you should focus on the backside way more, you know, and it, it makes even more sense for athletes. So that always, that stuff always made sense to me. And, um, a lot of the pre preventative exercises we do, um, in the gym, I got from physical therapy, man, it's just straight up taking care of your body. But I believe in, you know, listening when it's whispering to you rather than when it starts screaming, you know, I have another thing like for me, which I find a lot of times with basketball players, I don't know, maybe it's because we don't get into certain range of motions. 
but my the behind the knee, right behind the tendon, I think it's called the popliteus. Yeah, it always hurts like crazy when I do a lunge, and it's the back leg. Yeah, I, I heard it once when I was like a sophomore, and ever since then, especially on my jumping leg that I jump off of for single, is my left leg. It hurts also. Like if I do a deep back lunge, it just it basically just comes. Like it's gotten better since I've done FRC. But because I'm lazy, I don't do it that much. So it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> I have my athletes do it, but I don't do it that much. But it's like, should I be doing more like banded leg curls and stuff? Because like I literally do it every time I do lower body, but that's twice a week. But you know how Louis like, well, you should do banded some type of leg curl for connective tissue high reps every right. 200 a day. Like, do you think should be doing more of that, or it's like just don't do you know get what the lunge does in a different way and just stay away from it. Like how, what do you reckon? Cause I don't, when you start working with basketball players more, you'll see they all sure. have that damn problem. I don't know what about basketball. I think maybe because you just don't do a deep lunge. Like you're usually in like a squat or maybe even like when you lunge in the sport, it's like your back leg straight almost all the time. It's not bent. Like when you do a lunge, but as soon as I do that lunge, I feel it on my God damn like every time i'm trying, like let me try the lunge and i'm like nope pain right i so i'm I'm not a doctor man i'm not gonna prescribe or diagnose or any of that kind of stuff i will tell you that you know when i'm thinking when i'm trying to troubleshoot things like that um first place i look is whatever i haven't been doing right Mm. so if if it sucks and you usually stay away from it you say till the end of your workout probably needs to be moved to the front of your workout you know Ah. um and that's just a discipline thing you know if you need if you know you need it prioritize it you know and right um and i like doing high rep stuff at the beginning of my workout to warm up you know the connective tissue and all that so mm. I'm, I'm a fan of that as it is i like doing a lot of hamstring curls before box squats and all that just primes me up but um uh you know the other thing is you know when i'm when i'm trying to and this comes down to like learning as a coach when i'm trying to troubleshoot things for me especially if you deal with a lot of basketball players that would also benefit from this go pick up you know and i'm not the guru on this oh my gosh like i told you you know like i'm not i was not the exercise phys exercise science major um i'm just some dude that can talk right but um i'm not the biomechanics guy but i know enough from that physical therapy gig that everything's connected front to back right and so typically if something's hurting you like your lumbar spine's hurting you you're not looking at I, the first place I'm looking is not the lumbar uh, region of your back. I, I'm, mm. I'm trying to strengthen the things that are connected to it. You know what I mean? Right. And so if the back of your knee is, is hurting, yeah, it makes sense that the hamstrings, you know, like um, that's where the hinge is, you know, it, that's, right. it makes sense to do banded hamstring curls. But I'm also looking at the calves. I'm looking at right. you know, how supple or is my I don't knees. do any calf work. I mean, well, like sled. oh that's that's probably enough man i'm not saying you have to do calf raises i'm just saying you know i don't know if you do body temperament or any that kind of stuff maybe look into you know i need to do some body uh, like i don't have a partner to do the body because you know i just had thompson on (laughs) dude you got but i need somebody to roll up the calves yeah i gotta i gotta do it babe babe my (laughs) right right you want to date night will be better this week from um you know it i would look at the surrounding musculature i'm already thinking when you're when you're telling me that again i'm not saying this is the places I would investigate are the are the chronically tight places and ninety percent of humans. I have calf, at, calves. Is my, calves from jump all the jumping and basketball? My calves are earned or not. Hey, then why? Do I you, could hey, never do you enough. You deal with it with your basketball guys. So there you right. go. 
There you um, go. I would look, yeah, I would look calves, uh, hamstrings for sure. You're absolutely right. And then it, uh, IT bands too, because my okay. kids all, uh, you know, no, I don't even take care of my IT band, you know, so just rolling it, you're saying, like just rolling it out. Yeah. For the IT yeah. Band. Uh, I mean, I would, I would try to temper it too, you know, lie on your side, have somebody put a, put a barbell on the side of it or something but, ah, um, yeah, 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 or yeah. a kettlebell, you know, you can right. turn that sucker over and put the handle right there on your IT band. Um, I don't have body temper rollers yet, so we're using. With, we're at, still... at the strength gym I go to for myself, I have they have a they have the rogue one that's forty and eighty. It's just nice. I don't have anybody to do do my caps. My yeah, hands. I'm gonna just dude, have to ask would... a dude like, hey, can you do this for me real quick? <laughs> <laughs> Pull a guy off the treadmill, hey man. <laughs> he would look at you so cross-eyed. But I would ask a staff member, dude, straight up. I'd be oh like, yeah, hey, I'm close with the owner, so like, yeah, yeah I'll probably I probably could just do that. I would go pull someone off the front desk, like, hey, you're not, you know, you're not doing anything. Why don't you come home in <laughs> a few minutes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing Tetris on the phone. Really <laughs> um, oh, oh, so for, for for Max Effort, do you like to do – I know you like to do a combo sometimes of straight weight and band, but what's your percentage? Because I, I, I want to do this. I know like Louis does 50-50 sometimes for the – I believe for Circa Max or for strength yeah. speed work. But I know for athletes uh, with that much band, they have trouble with 100 pounds advantage. So like – how do you how do you organize that percentage, whether it's lower body? Like, take me through your squat, your deadlift, and your bench. How do you do, like, a percentage of – if you're doing a combo, what do you do of straight weight compared to band weight? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I – again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right. so we've been getting phenomenal results just sticking with the, you know, old school 25% accommodating resistance. Mm. Um Oh, so you do that on max? You'll do just like oh, you're I'm doing sorry. a dynamic. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about max effort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying. Oh, 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 but that's another question on dynamic. Have you upgraded to the thirty-three percent, or you just still no, stick with the twenty-five? My my athletes have not accommodated to that. Louis did right. that because his guys got used to it, and, and they're so, fucking huge. <laughs> yeah, I will probably never have an athlete that sticks with me as long as some of the athletes he's had there. You know, right, I get these right. kids for. If I'm lucky, I get them their, their whole high school career, you know, so that's four right. years. They're not going to accommodate to 25% pay attention in that time. There's mm-hmm. not. Um, now, for max effort, um, that I don't – I'd be lying to you, man, if I told you I had, I had like, an, a, a preference or an equation. Mm-hmm. I will say that I know my athletes, and I, and I group them in their racks according to their strength level. So my heavy right. dudes, they're doing, you know, they're doing uh, – gosh, every company has a different name for their bands. But, you know, like oh, – yeah. The three inch thick, you know, the God, is that purple? I, no, no, purple's like yeah. an inch and a half. So, what is that like? Oh, God, green, the green band. <sighs> I forget what they're all called after the minis and the lights, but they'll go so they'll go one above the lights. Okay? Well, okay, so, no, I'll tell, tell me this. Tell me, is it the band that makes about a hundred band tension or about yes. 150 band? Oh, so 100 band 100, tension. 100, yeah, and that's so for a lot max of my guys, effort. you know, yeah, so if they're box squatting between 400, 500 pounds, you know, they're they're gonna do that. Okay. And then um, my kids that are in that 200 to 400 range, they'll use like a blue, you know, on, or I'm sorry, not a blue. I shouldn't be using Yeah, not a blue. Blue is the, like 100 per band. Yeah. Yeah. No, the ones that are like 40 per band, that, right, right. they'll okay, use those okay. on each side. My girls, most of my girls use the, the minis. So those are the, the, the I think every, every company sells those in red, I think. So those are 15 to 20 per band or something like that. No, they're well, well, 
depending on how you set them up, I guess, you know, right. they're, they're about 25 pounds each. So, mm-hmm. so I guess that's, that's still 25% for most of my girls, you know, they're squatting 200, 250 pounds. And so, right. you know, um, and then my young kids, they'll use, you know, oranges. You're not getting much out of those, but I just want to get used to bands and get used to setting them up. So I don't have to keep right. that later on. And so, um, you know, we just do the best we can at the end of the day, you know, I'm programming it, you know, they're, they're doing this kid will get box squat one rep max against light bands, you know? Right. So it really doesn't matter. It's and then you can just relative. get it. You can get a max for each one, right? Like you can rotate. Oh, totally. Yeah, right. you totally can. I just, you know, I, I don't believe in going super, super high on those. I wouldn't go over 30, 40% simply because. I think the kids can't walk. They, they don't get tight enough to walk out. Yeah. Band that is, it's just, that is definitely part of it. Yeah. Like I know um, if, it, if it's tough for me, the kid's going to get smashed to the ground, literally. So I'm not even right. going to get Close no, I am more li- I am more liberal with the chains though. So those mm. could get up to fifty percent. Right. Sure. right, right, right. Like just because it's a little bit more. Again, it's rooted, kind of helping them. I mean, depending on who you ask, some of my athletes would say the chains are chaotic too, but um, they're dragging against the ground, kind of keeping right. them stable a little bit, and so there's not as much, you know, pulling. At them least back it's not the them. like they step out with one foot and then like they'll fall back with the chains. It's like <laughs> right. it's just, you know, like with the chains, it's just gonna swing, and you got to get tight for like five seconds, but you know. But the the bands when they unhook, it can fly that bar off your back if it's if it's exactly. just too much for you, you know. So I guess that's the difference, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't mess around with that. But but yeah, so I'll go heavier on chains. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? The the thing about that is, you know, if I if I'm gonna give them a circumax to try to prep them for their um, most important competition of the year. You know, if mm-hmm. they're going to like the Valley Championship or State or something like that, I'll, I'll circumax them. But mm. on the week to week, year round, you know, I don't, powerlifters don't do that. You just can't train like that all the time. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. and, and, and I mean, and I believe in saving your ace cars for when you need them. You right. know, I mean, like, like, uh, let's see if all the other stuff works, you know, and I'm not trying to peak them for freaking <laughs> off season camp, you know, I'm just right, like, right, you know, right, right. So, I'm not, uh, it's, I'm saving it for when, you know, when they're going to get looks from a college, you know, or when they got a chance at getting a ring, those are what really matter. Um, what type of exercise do you do for connective tissue work? Um, lots of bands, high rep, um, <laughs> anywhere from a hundred to 300 reps. And what I like doing with my kids, man, I like, you know, I build them up over time, but I'll start them at a hundred reps of, uh, banded, like, let's just say hamstring curls, for instance, like supine laying on the ground or not, excuse me prone laying on the ground face down they'll start out with 100 of them and i say i don't care how you get there just do all 100 and my kids are pretty honest they actually they hold each other accountable i like that they don't i don't see a lot of kids skimping on that um but i'll add 25 every week for eight weeks so that eighth week they get to 300 and it's not as hard as it was before i mean it is still difficult you know but it builds up that, that base that they're still getting GPP from it. No one can get enough hamstrings. You know, I do the same thing with glute bridges, even, you know, just like, and that's not as connective tissue based, but the smaller Mm. movements I I do a hundred plus reps of, and, and I have them doing a lot of, you know, especially for my kids at the triceps. And we, we don't do a lot of overhead. We do a lot of from the chest. So they need bigger triceps and, and they need their elbows stay healthy. I have my baseball players do a lot of banded, forearm exercises, um, stuff for elbow health, you know, um, for shoulders, they're, they're hitting a ton of face pulls and, um, yep, face pulls, yeah, you know, everybody's favorite. band pull aparts. 
There's this other one, dude, I've been liking a lot lately. I think I got it from Joe DeFranco. I can't remember. Um, His one where he stands on the band, then does a rear Yeah, dump, the 3D rear one. snap. Yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Those are it puts awesome. them into the position on their own. I don't have to. You ever try to explain the damn band pull apart to a kid? It is so right. difficult. I don't know why they don't. They're right. like, ah, bend the elbow. No, no, that's too much bend. Straight arm. No, okay. I haven't. Not that no, much. I just have them go straight arm and then put your fingers in their in their back, you know, and you tell them squeeze my hand as hard as possible. Right. And and break my fingers off. And they, they usually end up figuring that out. But I also think that, yeah, like you said, it puts them in a position because there's that external cueing, you know, going mm. on that it kind of sets their shoulders down naturally. And so it right. gets them engaging that, that scapula. Um, the way it ought to be by firing up the surrounding musculature. And so, right. yeah, it's, I like those a lot right now, but probably nothing you've never seen before, man. I mean, yeah. we, just, we just do a lot of it. How, how many days and how many days do you do it in the workouts? And then how many days, like if they're not with you, do you tell them to do certain stuff? Certain. They're doing practices? it every day. Yeah. They're doing it every day. Um, when they get in, like in season and stuff, uh, we're doing a lot more because oh wow okay it's it's super easy to recover from, um, and you know it takes up a larger chunk of their workout where we'll get into more you know body tempering and and um, and uh, reco- recovery methods in that hour hour and a half two hours that I get with them when they're in season as opposed to off season. Right. Just because I tell them up front, they need to do that on their own time, you know. But yeah, year round they're war- they're either warming up with it or they're finishing with it. So I. Uh, you know, I want everything to be warm in the, you know, uh, uh, primary movers and the, and the, uh, uh, excuse me. Um, I want their joints to be nice and warmed up for the max effort stuff, but then on the dynamic right. effort stuff, I really push the volume. So those linear progressions I was telling you about, that's mm. usually happening on dynamic effort day where there's going to be higher volume. Okay. Um, and they're getting through the compound work a little bit quicker on that day too. So it's kind of saves time for it. Um, kind of as a finisher. And plus I use a lot of it as fillers too. So I just, I, I stick them in when the kids are just standing around and they're like, maybe they're not so <laughs> focused that day. They're having a lot of side conversation. I'm like, Hey, go, I, I go, I go grab bands, I hand them to each one of them. I say, go, by the time you're done with these jumps, you need to be done with hundred band pull aparts, you know? Do, and, do they, um, do they, uh, you ever have them doing with like ankle weights or like a machine? Like, let's say you have a standing calf or a leg, lying down leg curl. Would you do the connective tissue with that type of, uh, yes, I, I do. I do. It's not as common, but yeah, we'll, we'll do light. Like now I don't have any machines remember, but if, right, if right, I right. had like, if I had a leg curl, like I, I think that the only other machine I would want from, I'll take that back. I want that MR19 from Westside too. I think that yep. has a lot of use. Yep. Yep. But uh, but the other one that I don't see anybody using is that their standing leg curl machine. It's just so. I, like, we have I had that at my at the gym that I. Oh my god, that is the best standing leg curl. Yeah, because that pad so, that's in front. Whew, you can't. We've been doing those machine. on the reverse hyper. We've oh, been really? using a reverse hyper like that. Yeah, so exactly what you probably imagine. You put your foot on that. The little pedestal thing, the little step, right, right, right. and then you put your heel on that, um, on the, uh, the pin, whatever, and you just mm-hmm. leg curl that way. And it actually looks a lot like, again, I'm just a meathead, dude. I'm not Charlie Francis or anything, but I tell you what, that, that motion looks just like uh, uh, leg swing and sprinting. Go do it yourself. Go film yourself from the side and tell me what that looks like. And wow. so I, so I really stand, like the, so the, the knee can move leg, a little bit. Leg curl. Yeah, the knee moves a little bit. And hmm. so that forward to backward swing, you straighten that leg out in front of you and kick it back to your butt. It looks hmm. like 
leg swing and spring. So I like that a lot. Um, now we'll go heavier on those because the hamstrings like to be trained heavy, you know, mm -hmm. um, like certain muscle groups just respond better to certain rep ranges. We like that heavy. Um, but I do like, you know, prone dumbbell, uh, leg curls with a dumbbell between your feet. Mm -hmm. Um, we do like a lot of rear delt flies with five, 10 pound dumbbells just to get hundred, 200 reps, you know, of whatever. Cause those, yeah, I understand these kids can't get enough of that, man. There's not a yeah. human on the planet that doesn't need that work. And so the little stuff, we do it all day and man, I hmm. pray to God it makes them sore because I mean, <laughs> you know, it just, I want them, I want them to know how important that stuff is because when they leave me, they better know that that's way more important than how much the bench, you know? Mm. Um, so. Do you do the, do you like to do on the reverse hyper single leg hypers? And then how much weight do you use and for how many reps or like, and how do yeah. you rotate? Cause I know you're going to do heavy. I know you're going to do light. Right. Um, I guess reverse hyper questions can be a million, but like, yeah. <laughs> there are, yeah, there are that was even a that question. <laughs> um, so your first question was single leg. Um, yeah. So yes, all my athletes do it to an extent. Hmm. My sports that do more of it would be all the swimming sports, like like my water polo guys, hmm. my swimmers. You know, they're flutter kicking all day every day. So you think their their uh sacrum and their um their QL and all that stuff needs to be strong and in in a unilateral fashion like like we can do on the reverse hyper? Absolutely. And coincidentally a lot of those kids have super weak glutes, you know? Mm, so so they right. get more out of their flutter kicking by making them stronger and I mean and it's it's a it's a it's a it's a bigger range of motion as well. But you look at a water polo player who's, who's floating around, he's, he's treading water, you know, on the deep end and they're, ver they're in that vertical standing position, throwing balls at each other. Yeah. Um, they're getting a lot more, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, leg displacement than a horizontal, you know, lap sprinter is, or excuse me, uh, a sprinting swimming athlete would because they're staying nice and tight. And I come from, I, I swam competitively, competitively for six years before focusing on football. Really? And, um, and I can just tell you there's a clear difference between the plane of, you know, what direction they're moving in. Flutter kicking is a lot different than treading water. Treading water mm -hmm. looks a lot more like that single leg reverse hyper. So each of them benefits from that. I also put my, my single leg jumpers on that a lot. So uh, some of my basketball players, you know, uh, well, actually, about most of my, every basketball player I've had, has done a lot of single leg work because that's they're better at jumping single leg you know, yeah, because yeah. that's how they lay up. Um, and then also my, you know, my uh, triple jumpers, my, um, my um, high jumpers, long jumpers, like they, they all jump off one leg usually, or they need to be good off one leg rather because just how their weights displaced when they get into that um, uh, in position on the ground, you know, right before they take off. And so, they do a lot of that too. My hurdlers are obviously jumping off one leg all day. And so I like that as well. Um, and then as far as, you know, like how I, how I do the sets and reps, um, I'm kind of open to everything. Um, the last two months I've been doing, you know, like you said, heavy, light, medium days, they've been hitting it three days a week. Um, and it's usually either 10, 15 or 20 reps. And we just, you know, the 20 reps is grueling, man. Absolutely grueling. Like, like my kids hate it. And they're not even probably going as heavy as they should. Like, I'm just kind of <laughs> calling out weights that kind of fit, you know, the general population, like, like the average, I would say, in each group. Mm. So I only got one hyper. And so I'm buying another one. I just bought another one this month. And it'll be here soon. And, and What type are you getting and what type do you have right now? 
Well, I already have a rogue one, the RH2 or whatever it's called. So right, right, right. Another one to match it. Um, they've been nice. I got the one I bought used came with uh, a strap and it also came with the, the foot rollers. Mm. So the rollers are harder. They work a lot more um, low back because your foot's locked in. So it can track right. your spine better. Um, but the straps use more glute ham. Right, so yeah. just because of my demographic, I'm using a lot more glued hand. But once I have that second one, I might, I might put the roller permanently on one of them and the strap permanently on the other and just kind of be able to divide kids based on that. But we'll, we'll see. It's easy to take on and off, too. So if I got one on ones, I know what they need. I'll put the rollers on. But, um, but dude, freaking you ask bird that that guy. He's crazy, man. He's crazy. He puts. <laughs> 100-pound weights on that sucker and adds from there. So if they can't do 200-pound reverse hyper, they're not using the hyper. And um, and he's got these kids doing 20 to 50 reps on that thing, like no lower than 20. And and I'm just telling you right now, my kids would leave if I told them to do 50 reps on a hyper. So I've done 100 um, before. It's it's pretty much oh death. That's pretty oh much what it is. God. It's crazy. So I'm you know I'm, I'm but you feel do good when you're myself. done. You feel like you're gonna throw. The, 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 I think the biggest thing is the stomach throw up pain. Like that's the biggest thing. Cause you're like holding your breath, you know, you're bracing super hard against the pad. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. You feel like you're just going to either pass out or your butt's going to explode. Yeah. But yeah, they, uh, I, I'm dabbling in that a little bit myself. I'm trying to figure out the, the right percentages of like their back squat to use with that. But um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of open to everything, man. I'm Cause what does he say? Half the deadlift or half the squat. I always forget well and then they go to 30 percent uh on recovery days you know and they right know, they go to 25 percent and so i don't really know man i feel I'm like if you do it like out. every almost every day though you know then it adds up right you know <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's my excuse to. to not do 100 <laughs> hey if you do yeah. it every day there you go exactly <laughs> i have to do it as prehab i also have them do right. it as you know warm-ups i have them do it as finishers after the workout so it's just it kind of depends on you know i also the kids who you know need it more do more so Mm. but i usually like adding sets i don't like adding reps even though i totally could and the cool thing about the hyper is it's easy to recover from because there's not a ton of concentric or eccentric rather right but um yeah i don't know what's your view on like um doing like just machine like you know you do sled you do core Band and hamstring curl, reverse hyper as your warm up instead of like butt kicks and butt kicks and stuff like that. Well, I think it's good too, man. I, I think that as long as they're sweating, they're you right. know, and they're they should be out of breath. I think the warm up should be a workout, man. So, right. Um, I'm concerned when it's not. So when they're not sprinting through their dynamic warm up and all that stuff, then I add stuff to it on the spot. I'll go like, hey, right. bear crawl, you know, hey, do crab walks, hey, do. Hmm. Uh, I have them do wheelbarrow races. Usually, I'm gonna do something like, especially my six a.m. group. Like I said, they're not they're not always the most awake in the morning and I, and I get it, but I want to, I want to kind of get them enthused a little bit. So I'll, I'll throw a game in there. I'll have them race. I'll have them, you know, play tag, you know, do whatever um, just for five minutes, just to kind of like get them sweating. And I prefer movement over, over, you know, uh, machines. Um, kind of depends on the group. If they're super weak in their upper back, yeah, we're going to do a ton of face pulls on stuff to warm up or they might do right. it after that. But, I like the dynamic warmups. I like getting a little bit of play in up front. You know, I think that stuff's worth it. You know, like I, I think I made it clear in this entire thing. I'm trying to optimize time constantly. So if I'm mm. throwing something in there like, you know, playing tag for five minutes, you know, I believe in it. You know, I just think mm. these kids need to 
move more and move more in weird directions and yeah. do more wacky stuff, you know? Um, what forms of recovery do you have them do? That's something I need to get better at. That is something I for sure need to get better at. Um, so like I said, I'm dabbling in body tempering, but my rollers, I'm having a fab guy. I just met with him yesterday, actually. Um, I'm having a, a metal worker, one of the dads, one of my kids, he's going to make them for me. Um, so I don't have to pay a grip and shipping for these freaking 100, 200 pound rollers, you know? Right. So um, when I get those in, that'll be huge. Um, I, I strongly believe in that stuff. And I think all my kids benefit from it. And we've been doing it with kettlebells and barbells and they believe in it. So I think when we get some real rollers that are easier to kind of manipulate, I think they'll like it even more. But, right. um, you know, uh, I, I'd, I'd really like to do, you know, ice baths as well. It didn't really work this last year because we didn't have an ice machine for it. But by next summer, it gets pretty hot here in Bakersfield. Uh, last week was 110 here and now it's on its way down. But, um, by next summer, we're going to have like, you know, trash can ice, ice baths. I just got to get a freaking ice machine. And, uh, um, we do voodoo floss and stuff on things that hurt, um, lacrosse balls, all that. Um, but the biggest thing, man, is just eating and sleeping. You know, that's the one thing right. I, I try to, you know, I have that conference with the parents too. If the kids are, are struggling or they're not PRing, I got this kid, his name's Colton, man. Colton's a, Colton's a baller, man. He's, um, this will be his uh, first year on varsity and, and the coaches weren't really like, you know, I don't think he, he was really on their radar prior to going into this off season, but he spent the last six months with me and the kids just big and fast and, he was a late bloomer, you know, and, and now, you know, I'm talking to his coaches and they're excited about him, you know, um, uh, this kid, you know, early on, he wasn't really getting the progress. I told his dad straight up, his dad's a doctor. I go, but dad, you understand the body way better than I do. You know, that playing Xbox late at night, certain Colton's recovery, you know, and, he's, <laughs> and the fact that he's not PRing at the rate that his buddies are, is you know we need to start controlling the things we can control you know and right. we can't say that you know oh he's just a butterfly or he's just a snowflake you know he needs different training whatever um i said you know he his body demands the same things that that the rest of these kids need and the ones who are progressing the fastest are the ones that that are accounting for and controlling for you know diet and sleep and i said you know so drop the i said if you want to, if you want to succeed you got to drop Drop the bonbons, you know, and the late night gaming sessions. His dad cracked down on that. And wouldn't you know, Colton feeling better than he ever has, uh, you know, playing absolute, absolutely out of his mind right now. Um, he, his energy levels where, where it should be, you know. And I think that, you know, a lot of these kids, if they can just take care of the, the simple stuff, the free stuff, you know what I mean? It's really free mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Just eat and sleep right. It'll account for all that. But you know, when, when a kid starts looking more down, if they're like one of my road dogs, these guys are like there every single day, my most consistent ones. What I've found is maybe including a deload week once a month um, on the, on the max effort stuff. Um, and I do a pretty good job of rotating even, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, as far as like my four week cycles and all that stuff goes, my long-term planning goes, um, I'm getting better at, you know, planning these things a little bit more, but if I know that they did one rep max sumo deadlifts from the floor last week, I need to give them a break. So I have them still max out, but they might do a five rep max with Hatfield squats or, right, like, right, right. Um, you know, off pins or something, you know, just to allow their body to recover. I like deloading them with just easier movements, but we keep the, we keep the intensity high, you know? And so, 
Um, I think that any day that you tell them, Hey, this is a recovery day. They don't take it seriously. <laughs> and so I, I like just telling them, Hey, we're, we're maxing out every week, but guess what? A max effort goblet squat's going to be a lot different than a max right. effort, you know, something else. Right. So um, that's kind of my thought on it. How do you modify workouts for a knee, hip or shoulder pain? Ooh, that's kind of a million dollar question. That, goes, <laughs> that comes down to like the, the art of coaching, right? Just mm. making stuff happen on the fly. Cause you don't really right, plan yeah, yeah. out sometimes. Yeah. I heard my ankle in practice. Oh, great. That's good. Right. <laughs> so we have, I got a lot of athletes that do a lot of extra kids that are just fired up. My gym's located on a well-off side <clears> of town. And so, um, they're co they're, you know, these kids have a lot of activities at their disposal they're playing seven on seven they're they're doing my volleyball girls are involved in club they're getting extra practices in all the time so if they say that they tweak something like i got i got a quarterback that you know he'll come to me with elbow pain because he's just throwing too much you know and and seeing his quarterback guru guy in town and all um we just stay away from what hurts man that's like that's like a i think that's super basic um and typically That'll resolve it. You know, if hmm. bench press is irritating their shoulder, then don't bench. You know, right. like, like if I'll have them do like neutral grip pushups or neutral grip dumbbell press, or you can. Do you do, you do shoulder guy. pressing and, and like uh, maybe some jerks or some uh, push presses and stuff like that? Do you do that? I, I meant to ask that earlier. Um, yes, but we do it. We don't do, we don't do max effort and we don't use on that dynamic effort. So, Mm-hmm. Um, none of my athletes, I don't deal with anybody. And I, 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 I'd, I'd argue that no athlete needs to be maximally strong overhead. Now, some kids need to be, have strong shoulders for sure, but you know, they, would you do like a three rep max or something like that? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I might do that. But again, it depends on the athlete, depends on their mm-hmm. body control, depends on if they can keep it stable, you know, right, right. I would just hate for something to happen, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a lot of kids that would really benefit from that. But what I do like doing is, you know, if, we're, if we wrap up heavy bench, I'll have them go do Z presses or I'll go have Z them presses, do, you yes, know, yeah. five, six rep maxes, build up or just building up like ascending sets to a heavy set of five or whatever on standing military, seated military, whatever, or just heavy dumbbells because they still need it. They just don't need to be maximally strong there. So I right. usually stick to, you know, chest pressing for my max effort and then overhead ends up being supplemental. Mm-hmm. What are your focuses for someone coming off a major knee, hip, or shoulder injury? Yeah, so first things first, yeah, uh, <clears throat> stay away from what hurts. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, if they're just coming back from, you know, I don't take anyone to train them. I've actually turned turned away quite a few athletes this offseason just because they weren't cleared yet, you know, by a doctor. Right. If I say, hey, are you 100%? And they're like, well, I'm like 80%. Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm not messing with that. I just, huh. it's not, they need to go to their professional. They need to go to a PT until they're hundred percent, you know, hmm. just because the, just because the PT cleared them to go, you know, Hey, you can start, you know, running or you can do this kind of stuff. I'm just not, I stay in my lane and I'm not going right. to work on rehabbing them, you know, even though I might be able to figure it out and learn. It's just, I, I, I like to stay good at what I'm good at. And that's time as I'm researching that. I, I could probably figure out how to, I could, I could apply that time more effectively towards something that, you know, becoming a professional in my field, not rehabilitation or, you know, I, that may not have even been your question. I'm just, I'm just pretty <laughs> adamant about, I, I'm not the PT, you know what I mean? Yeah, I got And you. so now if they are, if they are full go, they're just super weak. Like, let's say that maybe ACL surgery, they're just super atrophied, you know, mm. 
Um, they're not, um, their leg isn't what it used to be after a nine month ACL recovery or whatever. Um, then, you know, they're going to do, they're going to do bilateral stuff to bring that up. I don't want to, I don't want to have them on a unilateral program that creates more imbalances. Um, typically they have enough of those as it is coming back into the gym, but, um, we stay away from what hurts. I take it slow, man. Um, and I seek help, you know, if, if I haven't seen this injury before, I'm going to, I'm going to go find someone who has and ask them, you know, how do I start them and what's the end goal, you know? And I just, yeah, I just reach out to people, man. And every, every situation is really different. Um, some of these kids had a lot of muscle mass going into the surgery or whatever, so they don't need as much help. Um, I will say that whatever it is that they, that they destroyed, I am throwing in extra of that connective tissue. I mean, a lot of what we see obviously is, you know, uh, ligaments, tendons, ruptures, you know, stuff like that. So if that's what they're recovering from, then you best believe they need more connective tissue there. And, um, I'm looking at them lift, like what caused the injury, you know, because every PT, Man, I'm just telling you right now, every PT is going to say, oh, you blew out your knee because you had weak hips. It's the easiest thing to say, and it's a coverall, you know? That doesn't mean it's always true because they don't have, you know, I mean, just because that's true of every human doesn't mean that it was also – it doesn't mean that you should also be ruling out hamstrings and glutes, right? Yes, but All you ever hear yes. about is the hips, you right. know? And so for um, uh, for the shoulder, you know, every PT is going to say, oh, you have weak scapular function. Okay, um, what about their lats? Okay. Well, what that he, the kid can't do a pull-up, you know what I mean? What yeah. about, um, and he can only bust out 15 push-ups unbroken. What about <laughs> his chest? It's all connected. What about their traps? You know what I mean? And so I just think, I don't really take what they say that their PT said is the gospel and I'm really watching them and oh, I never do. them no. every day. Yeah. I have a PT um, friend, but he was a strength coach first. So he tells me about how most physical therapists are. And the more I learn, it's like, ah, it's just one of those other degrees where it's like people are like, oh, he's a doctor of physical therapy. He must know the end all be all. And I'm like, no, because you know what it right. is? They know how to clear somebody to walk again. They don't That's know right. how to clear somebody to be for athletic movement. It's a totally different requirement, you know? And I, and I, I have some really good PTs here in town. Um, mm-hmm. I use them as resources, you know? Right. Um, I, I'm not going to say, I just take it with a grain of salt, you know, I'm yeah. just like, okay, we'll look at it. But as I'm watching them move, I can figure out pretty quick what they suck at. Yeah. And, you know, just because they say it's one thing, it's usually two or three. And so we're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to attack those until they become strengths. You know, that's mm-hmm. what I love about the conjugate system, man. You just, yeah. dialing, you know, you're, you're just dialing things up constantly to the, mm-hmm. like a DJ turntable. So, um, what are some keys to running a successful gym? Oh, um, number one, man, you got to give a shit. You just, you, you have to, pardon my French, man. You just, you gotta, you gotta give a crap about people, man. Oh, I'm from um, New York, so you're good. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> um, I'm like looking around, see if my, see if my toddlers run around. She'll, she'll creep up behind me and just say it, you know? Um, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we, uh, you know, we really pride ourselves on, and again, like, like starting out, I didn't know the first thing about training athletes, but I figured it out pretty quick. And the reason why we got so much business is because we proved day in and day out that we truly love the kids. We truly care about them as individuals. We truly care about developing them as human beings and teaching them, you know, qualities and traits that will benefit them in the workplace 
in their homes, as husbands, as fathers, as mothers, as sisters, as, you know, um, uh, employees. Um, We want, just like, just like in teaching, you really can't account for what's going on at home. I'd love to believe that they all have, you know, these things being given to them and being taught to them on a daily basis since they were super young. But the reality of it is, you know, homes are broken, families are messed up. Um, I, and, 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 the, and the home is a messy place in the 21st century. And so I believe that it's our duty as strength and conditioning professionals, as teachers, as educators, as, um, you know, having it having such a pedestal in these, in the lives of these young kids is an honor. It's a gift. It's our privilege to be able to work with these young people who are so, uh, you know, moldable. And, um, and, um, I think that it's our duty to really impress upon them how to be upstanding, outstanding, uh, young men and women, you know, that, 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 um, you'd want to go, go to bat for, you know, I mean, I think if you really look at it in terms of X's and O's and you're just trying to get wins and losses and you're just really trying to improve them as athletes, you're, 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 you're not only doing the, the athlete a disservice, um, but you're, you're really dropping the ball as a coach. Right. Um, you know, I, I think the barbell teaches a lot of lessons and it's up to the, the coach to really highlight those and, you know, sometimes make them aware of them, you know, and, and be an encourager and, and, and build, build them up. You know, I know a lot of coaches, they, they do a lot of joking with their kids, you know, and and um, and I come from a background like this, too. You know, I've seen it, you know, where coaches, you know, they gravitate towards the the better players, you know, and that's really, right. really easy to do because they're the fun ones. You can do everything with them, you know. Yeah. But I think it's even more fun to take the kid that like was third string, making him right. second string, making him first string, having him on special teams, you know, whatever then seeing that kid become a captain and then the ultimate would be them getting a scholarship. Right. That doesn't always yeah. happen, but, but I mean, showing them that they are, that they have the ability to be better than they believe, yeah. you know, giving them confidence. We deal with that a lot with our females, you know, a lot of them just have body. That's my favorite. And, that's and my favorite. Giving those girls. It's amazing. Them max out. It's that, amazing. That's enough, like when I have a daughter, it's going to, yo, she going to be doing, Jiu-jitsu and martial arts yes. and lifting weights. Because you can wear a dress, but you know what's going to give you confidence? That you're stronger than some of the boys that you go to school with. <laughs> like that, and, and yeah. I feel like at the end of the day, that carries over so much to their regular day lives. I don't care if you end up playing sports professionally, but the barbell, the weight room, getting them tough and learning for them to trust in themselves, believe in themselves, it, it's, it's, it's so awesome, you know, and – and, you know, it's crazy. I can't put a number on it or, like, statistic or any of that kind of stuff, but you've probably seen it, too. You build their confidence. They may not have even improved that much as an athlete, but they're yeah. a different person on the court or the field yeah, yeah, um, they for are. next season because they just – they they put in that work. They believe in the in the work. They believe in that grind. They, yeah. they, they trust the process, and they know that they put in more work than the guy next to them or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and they believe in themselves, you know. They've, they've overcome so much – last off season, man, I can't wait to see what they do this season, assuming we get one in the spring. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's just cool, man. I think so to, to run a good gym, I'm sorry, to bring it full mm-hmm. circle that that's kind of illustrates my thoughts on what makes a great coach. The business. That side was of my things, next question. That was my next question. So you already answered the business that side of things, man. It's just, I, I think that, you know, if you want to be different in this industry, you have to prove over and over and over again, ad nauseum, that you uh, that you give a shit 
and that you, yeah. that you really care about these kids and that you love them. If you don't, then yeah, you'll be reading business books all day and you'll probably have a mediocre business till, till the day you die. But authenticity, kids, I know this is a teacher, kids know when you're inauthentic. They have, they have the, the, uh, the world's greatest bullshit meter. <laughs> you know, they know, they know when you're real and they know when you're fake, you know? Right. And so if you, if you, if they know that you love them, you know, we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like what right, people yeah. need more than anything, that love and affection, that feeling of a belonging, that tribe, you know, we, we, we built a good culture at Grindhouse. We, uh, we put the family aspect of it first, people from different schools, different abilities, different backgrounds, you know, are all grinding together and they're all working together t- towards their goals and, and uh and uh so they've got their tribe they know i love them they got that sense of belonging and gosh darn it dude they know that they uh they're appreciated and that um even in their even in their shortcomings you know there's still positive things to be gleaned from it you know and so i don't think there's enough of that circulating in uh, the strength conditioning industry especially not the fitness industry you know i I think people want to do short-term work and think it's going to give long-term results and i think you give it a shit like you said and really believe in your kids, them getting real results and them loving the process of doing it, them getting better in the long run helps you. But I feel like too many people, you know, it's just like America, that's just kind of like the society we live in, that they want the quick, fast, right now, I need to be a millionaire. But it's like the successful gyms that stay for a long time, the successful coaches, it's the grind in the beginning when you're a nobody, but still giving a shit like if you're getting paid a million dollars. That's right. actually what gets you to be successful. I think too many people like, you know, it's just like the same thing with Instagram. Like, why be the person that's talking about like stuff that actually helps people? Why not just post a picture right. of your butt? Short term. That's so true, man. But that's so true. Which one is going to last longer, though? You know, like. So I was super insecure, like early on about, you know, my my education. So I was, you know the exercise fizz thing. I thought I needed that to be a good coach and all that. <laughs> nope. And no, you don't. But what I found out afterwards, um, you know, getting months and years into it was I think my degree as a communications major is probably worth more weight than that because, <laughs> yeah. because it's just, you know, again, I'm, I'm naturally extroverted and all that stuff, but I pride myself on understanding people too and understanding their needs and ultimately we're there for them. You know, and so seeing them as a person, not just a piece of meat or an athlete, you know, right. but as this holistic, this organism that, that needs the same things you and I need, you know, um, when you appeal to that and when you when you show them value in those areas, you get clients for life. You don't even have to try. So I, I think, you know, for young coaches out there, that's my that's my heart dude, is because I'm still a young coach and I'm right. still, you know, I, I'm learning things from you. I'm learning things from Bird. I'm learning things from Ray learning and things from me. other people. <laughs> Dude, I mean, yeah, I'm playing things things from this. I mean, it's just everyone's got something to give, right, you know, yeah. and and their willingness to give it really shows a lot about a person's character. And the same way that I'm absorbing all this knowledge, I'll freely give it to the next person, you know. Right. Um, I think that I think that the number one thing that most young coaches need to develop first and foremost is just how to develop meaningful relationships with people. Hmm and and how and and if they don't love people they're probably in the wrong business you have to love yeah. people you can't you can't be calling them client a client b my 530 whatever that, no, yeah, that's yeah. jeff that's nicole that's that's jen you know like those people they are people right you know yeah. and, and so we have this you and i are so blessed man to be able to work with human beings in that in that regard and get that 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 um 
pedestal of authority in their lives, you know, because yeah. I think that people are just so um, um, easily influenced by circumstance and, and mm. uh, uh, th- their environment and social media and all these negative things are pouring into them. Yeah. That one hour, that two hours that we get with them every single day, A, has to be the best hour of their, of their day, period. Right. Um, and B it's our, it's, it's our opportunity to minister to them, you know, whether you're, whether you're, you know, uh, uh, follow the Lord or whatever, you know, whether you're uh, religious in any way, um, it's our ability to really minister to their need and, and really address, you know, their, their need for longing and love and all these things that don't get talked enough in, in strength and conditioning. I, I'm and not a religious get, guy, but I believe in all that. I think that's the big, you know, if the one thing I learned from religion is being kind onto others. Treating people how you want to be treated, being kind. And and no matter what you believe in, to be good is at the baseline. And that's, you know, I I think too many people, maybe it's they're not happy with themselves or not comfortable with themselves. So they put that on other people. And if you're a coach, you got to be, you know, like I'm the tough love guy. So I'm going to be honest with you (laughs) where where you suck at. I'm going to tell you, hey, this is where. But it's like, I'm going to give you a high five. But let's get right back to what you we got to keep working. We got to keep working. But you got to be, to me, so many kids, like they need that second role model, that second Absolutely. dad in their life. You know, like you got to be that other person. Or And it's like one person may need for you to be only tough on them. And one person may need you to be kind to them for all the time for you to get some. And analyzing that, you know, that's what yeah. I think. It's just like analyzing the needs of the athlete all around. It's not just what they need weight room wise. It's mentality wise but because sometimes what holds a kid back is just the confidence part so maybe you need to boost them up a little bit you know mm-hmm. or, or you need this kid to get a little tougher because it's like i gotta introduce you to what these college coaches that don't give a crap about you're gonna do to you know it's just like doing that that extra little bit of work if you don't love doing this for real you're not gonna do and then you're doing a disservice to these kids you know you're so right man and 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 to that point you can't even say any of those things until you have a place of, of authority in their lives. So right. you, you can't even bring up those lessons in the first month, two months, three months. You got to yeah. show them that you love them, right? Yeah, and that, yeah. You know, people people are offering these kids advice on what how they should act, how they should be all day, every day. They've got that stuff shoved down their throats. Right, Like yeah. people that haven't, built, haven't spent the time to build that relationship with them. What authority right. do they have to tell them that, those things? Right, right. They don't have any, man. And they wonder why these kids don't do what they ask. Right. They wonder why these kids don't don't act the way they ought to act. It's because they haven't taken the time to actually show them that they love them, they appreciate them, they're looking for looking out for their best interests. And every right. coach wants the ultimate buy-in. Sport coaches, strength conditioning coaches, all these coaches, they're they're always complaining about their kids. How can I get them to buy in? Oh, these kids don't care. All oh, these these kids, they don't they don't um they don't work hard. Kids of today's generation are lazy. No, they're not, dude. These kids are. Just they said the as same thing about are. us. <laughs> they they say the same every thing. generation they they think that they're just you know they like it's just degrading year after year that's not true at all the quality of these kids is the same thing it was back then we just have uh, less qualified people leading them mm. and we have less professionals leading our our adolescents and our youth right we we have so many more um you know opinions than we do actual leaders <laughs> And so, you know, you want the ultimate buy-in with your, with your kids. You want to show them what it takes and you want them to buy into exactly what that process looks like. Show them you love them first mm. and show them that you actually give a shit. 
you know, and that's just, and that's the day to day. That's not like lessons. That's not, that's not whiteboard stuff. That's not like closing messages, all that stuff. I tell my kids, I love them every single day until hmm. I'm blue in the face. And I don't believe that that's what shows them. I love them. I believe it's in my actions. So it's not about what you say. And it's not about, it's not about the hype, the hype up messages. And it's not about, you know, the closing remarks as they're leaving your building or any of that kind of stuff. Right. It's about how you live your life. The example you set before them, you know, showing them, I, I even go so far as, you know, I make my, my, my family, you know, a big part of the gym. All my kids know my daughter, they know my, my wife, they see how we interact. They see how we love each other. They, you know, and, and they, they know that I love them the exact same. I love my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. because that's, we were blessed to have these relationships with them. Man. I'm not going to squander that. And so, right. Yeah. Buy-in, man. I don't think you have to work at buy-in if you're authentic. I really right. Don't. Yeah. Um, what are your future goals? Uh, man, that's a million dollar question. Um, so I, first and foremost, man, um, I want Grindhouse to be the number one training facility first in Bakersfield. And that needs to happen in the next year. So the next year we should be the best. Like, I mean, and I actually already think we're the best, but I want the public perception to be that we're the best. You want no confusers. No (laughs) doubt. Absolutely. No confusion. No doubt. Um, the, uh, the five-year goal, you know, would be that, um, we're the best in California, Mm. um, without a shadow of a doubt. And then I I have a seven-year goal. It's kind of interesting. Um, because like, uh, or excuse me, I have an eight-year goal rather. Um, like I said, I'm 27 right now. Um, by the time I'm 35, you know, the reason why I'm grinding so hard and all that stuff, you know, at 35, I, I I'm like, I'm like Quentin Tarantino, man. I believe that, <laughs> you know, after a certain amount of movies, I'm done, you know? And, and I think that eight years from now, the goal is that, um, I would be able to take my family wherever in the world that I want them to live, not have to worry about California's politics and these weird wildfires being set by people and all this craziness yeah, that's going on here. here. about that, yeah. Yeah, the lockdown and all that. I, I don't want to deal with this stuff. And so, um, you know, I'm going to let Grindhouse live out its thing. You know, the um, I'm going to let it live out its life and and we're going to be the best. Um, but I think it dies with me. So we'll move and I'll open up another gym at that other place. It'll be Grindhouse 3.0. You know? Oh, wow. And, Are you going to let somebody um, like get like maybe franchise it or something? So or no, you're just going to let it. I don't think it, so, man. You're going to be because, take all your because, equipment with you and then that's it. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Because the the fact of the matter is like I can't guarantee all those things we just talked about, I can't guarantee that the next person does that. Right, yep, yeah, I get that. You know, and that's my name. All I got yeah. is my name. Right. You know, and so um You never know, maybe biggest- you could get not an intern, but you know what I mean. Well, maybe an intern, but you could have that per- not molded to be just like you, but like, hey, this kid is this person's gonna do Mentally, mentally and physically put the same type of work in with that same type of idea. Maybe that we may already have. I, I understand that. Yeah. And I'm open minded to it. I'll, I, I'm not I'm not super set on any of that stuff. I know yeah. that the eight year goal is that we we would have the ability to do what we want to do. Right. So that right, like right. financial freedom. Right. Right. That, yes. You know, personally, that we would just be able to make whatever decision we want to make. You know, California could be a completely different place in eight years. That's totally cool. I'm, That's you know, true, yeah. I'm not going to pigeonhole myself into one thing, but I will say that we may already have that guy. If we were to franchise it or or pass it on or let someone else take the helm, you know, we may already have that guy in house. We have some awesome, awesome, awesome staff members working for us, guys that were handpicked because of you know those interpersonal skills that they have that they've shown, and 
and they represent our business well. So if I can develop them and, you know, if we can continue to grow at the rate we are and all that kind of stuff, you know, we, um, it's definitely a possibility for sure. I wouldn't really say do the future. I'm just focused on right now. Um, you know, that's kind of my, that's the dream for my family. But right now I'm just focused on making Groundhouse the absolute most savage place to be. Like just, <laughs> I am so, so fired up for what this upcoming winter and next spring, uh, holds in store for us. And, and, um, I, uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm like tearing up over here, man. I'm like, I just, I'm just competitive, dude. I just want to be the best bro. And, and, <laughs> and that means I'm not going to stop reading. I'm not going to stop reaching out to people and being that crazy guy on Instagram. And I'm not going <laughs> to stop, you know, you know, humbling myself to understand that I don't know everything. And I think we've just had a really, really awesome stroke of blessing and, um, right, we're so going to roll gotta- with it. You got to get that ATP and everything. You got to get the ATP, (laughs) the MR19. You got to get the plyo swing. My gym's about to – it's coming in soon. You got to get that. Oh, I can't wait, Inverse curl, all that, all that. You got to get all that stuff. Because if you already – Right now, I'm just trying to figure out what color, man. I'm just trying to figure out if I want black or red. My entire gym's black, dude. All black, everything. And – and I'm like, dude, do I go black or do I throw a splash of red in there? Yeah, like if you, it's a standout piece, <laughs> like, ah, red, yellow. That's, right, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, or just have like one big red monolith. And, or, I don't know. These are, you know, these are the fun questions. Then these people like, will uh, be like excited. Oh, oh, I'm in this. I'm in the max effort squat section i'm on the model yeah. it's yeah everybody can see you know like kids oh. could get hypo from little stuff like that bird you know? bird was telling me last night he goes yeah i got all my all my west side machines against one wall and so i call it murderer's row and, I was like, Dude, that's <laughs> that, awesome. and you could put that on the wall too like that, that's yeah that's, that's right yeah idea. i would paint it i would totally paint it you know <laughs> prepare um, for death <laughs> yeah i put a bunch of serial masks up there like from, you know dude i think it'd be rad but we'll see we'll see those are you know um they're definitely not the most important questions in the world but they're there were only gym you know it becomes fun so yeah we'll see uh, um so that's it man tell people where they can find you on uh social media and stuff and you know where your gym is and everything yeah absolutely so like i said uh i own uh i'm the sole owner of grindhouse strength and conditioning in bakersfield california um we uh you can find us at on instagram at grindhouse now it's spelled differently it's g-r-i-n-d <laughs> H A U S underscore S C. Um, and that's just cause I wanted to be different and I'm a knucklehead and, and brand recognition. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we're, we're not really anywhere else. Um, but, uh, who knows? I might mess around and start talking to people on here too. So I can shout out all those coaches and guys, true. My, guys like my man, Khalil, you know, get, <laughs> get, 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 get the awesome coaches of America some exposure. Because I'm, I'm trying to get like one of those coaches. I want to be one of those good people want to have me on, you know, but I, I gotta, deal, I gotta make it freaks, man. <laughs> well, that man. And, and honestly, I'm just about spreading, you know, truth. You know, right. if, if there, if there are coaches that, that are doing the right thing by the right people and they're treating their kids right. And they're, and ultimately they're getting results because they're not doing what that fitness, you know, influencer <laughs> on Instagram's doing. And they're not having kids walk around with freaking uh, bamboo bars on a basketball court. And <laughs> man, I want to highlight those coaches, you know, yeah. and, and, and they no need ladders. to have a bigger voice. That's right. That's right. That's right. Not doing what looks good for Instagram. They're doing, 
my, my one of my clients, he's a pro player, and he's always like, 10 by 2, 10 by 2. Like, right. but you know what? It's boring, but you know what? He's jumping higher. So there you go. That's, like, right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so uh, who knows? I might mess around and do something like that because I, I have so many phone conversations with people. I'm like, man, I might as well, might as well make it a phone. Make it a podcast, right. man. And, and you know right. what it is? It's like, for me, it's like, all right, from this podcast, I got, what is this? I got six pages of notes now. Like, oh, every God. time I do it, I get one little thing to tweak. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I, what I do, Monday Max every day, I just – I try some shit out myself. And then Throw I say, ooh, yeah. I like it. Then I put it into my program. So not only do you get your own notes and you get better yourself, you apply it to your kids. Your kids get better. And then at the, at, at the minimum, you get a little bit of growth for your own business and for somebody else's business. So it's like there's no loss. And if you're already making the phone calls and sending the text messages – why not getting all these other benefits and just making it a set thing? Really, all it is is organizing other around people's schedule. That's really it, you know? You're absolutely I, right. Sunday's man. the best day, though. I'll give you that advice. <laughs> hey, hey, that sounds good to me. But, yeah, you're doing the right thing, Khalil, man. Just yeah. keep having these people on because, uh, like, like, I, like I told you, man, you've, you've had an awesome cast so far. And I think, yeah, you yeah. know, um, more people need to learn from them, you know, like yeah, straight yeah. up. You, 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 it's clear that you have a pretty good bullshit meter. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, props to you, man. You're putting out awesome content, brother. Oh, thank, to be on. Th- th- thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And I just hope that you and everybody I have on just enjoys it. I try to keep it lighthearted, but try to spread out information. And I, I, you know what another thing is? I like, like, like why well, I asked the question about ladders and stuff like that, because I still – you know, the kids are brainwashed. So it's like, I want them to hear from somebody else that's been doing it longer than I have. They got kids that jump high and run fast and like, hey, look, this person does it, does this, and they don't do all this crap that you see all the time that just, like, LeBron's my favorite player, but I see him bouncing on a bosu ball and they'd be like, well, LeBron does it. And I'm like, uh, he's a genetic freak, okay? So right. he can get away with doing this bad stuff, okay? Right. But also, yeah. you, they also may only post the crazy circus of lace up. He may still squat and he may still del- like a lot of people don't know Steph Curry. His injury rate has gone lower because now he can deadlift over 400 pounds. They mm-hmm. don't want to talk about that because it's boring. It's more fun to show to show the invisible little Bosu ball thing and balancing and twisting and crap. That's more fun to see because people want to see that. Like, you know, so I-, I like highlighting coaches that make all these big results doing the system that I continue to learn from every single day. You know, like, preach, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, keep doing it, man. The world needs more of it. <laughs> well, uh, thank, thank you for thank you for agreeing to come on, man. I, I, I really appreciate you. Hey, no problem, man. Hey, anytime. Um, keep doing what you're doing. God bless you, brother. All right. Have a good day. You too, man. Bye. Bye, bye. Well, there you have it. That concludes this episode of the Get Clean Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed. Once again, to find out when we're dropping the next episode, you can go to my Instagram page. That's Khalil underscore Sherrod. That's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. If you're a coach out there that would like to be on the podcast, just send me a DM and, you know, so we can get that thing booked. I'm always welcome to have somebody on that wants to spread that knowledge. Um, So I hope you guys really enjoyed course next week i'm gonna have somebody on again trying to always be better and better so stay tuned and remember stay clean peace